On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick return to kick off a new year of the SWTS with a recap of their final days of 2023 and maybe a quick chat on Rebel Moon not being Star Wars. After that, the dudes will kick the tires on a few Star Wars news posts before moving into the next part of their infamous Star Wars saga top scenes breakdown. They'll cover the goods from Andor through Return of the Jedi before listing their personal top fives. Of course, the show will end with the question of week responses and the latest round of top five Star Wars fan artist features. Punch it, you. everybody it's matt it's nick we're back sws in 2024 indeed new rig in place i've been talking about it for years literally years finally did it i did it everyone give me give me some uh claps here hold on let me see if i can get the the thumbs up thing to work my reaction cam <laughs> of course it's not gonna work when we're live but it, it's amazing nick there we go yeah look at that lasers coming up out of nowhere Woo! It's amazing how far behind in tech you can get if you become a lazy asshole like myself. Dude, that's that. It's one thing that for some reason I've kept up with. Like, I enjoy still like building my PC, and that's yeah. one thing that like I haven't really let my my uh, PC build fall behind. In fact, I was we we were talking online or know, offline. Th- th- this guy just got a, a cache of just, like high end PC parts yeah. because Amazon doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I just yeah, got, yeah, they, they they won't ship Nick his lightsaber, but they'll ship Nick's cousin three thousand dollars worth of computer parts that they didn't that they order, don't so, need. So Nick can get it. <laughs> so, I, so yeah, so now my computer has forty eight gigs of RAM. I have a brand new AMD processor. Um, I have the, the top of the line, the previous generation, top of the line, a, uh, Radeon video card. So like, I'm, I'm sitting pretty on my PC for See, a little bit. I'm, I'm happy, Nick, because I can now do double thumbs up and on the video feed, it will show fireworks. There you the go. Background. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if I do like the rock on symbol, that's where the laser should pop up. It's not, it doesn't always work. Thumbs up should give you something. Heart should give you something. Look, if you guys are on the live stream, you're getting a treat today. There they go. Look at that. I got hearts coming out of my tits. Look at that. <laughs> all right. Anyways, I'm not going to waste all your time with that. I'm just excited to finally be done with the upgrade. It is well worth it. Unlike Nick, I'm not. I'm no longer a PC guy. I don't need that type of headache. Um, so I want Mac Studio M2, 32 gigs RAM. I think I forget how many cores are on the processor, but it, it's a beast. I love it. I can already see the streams 10 times better. We're in 60 FPS. My computer isn't smoking. The lighting <laughs> looks better. I look damn near sexy in this, Nick. Let me tell you. Let me get that heart up there again. All right. Um, but the other thing, I wasn't upgrade, upgrading Mac OS either, dude. So I've been missing out on just low-hanging fruit type of shit for my computing, such as being able to blur my camera and, you know, do these these live reactions and shit that I'm, I'm doing here on the live stream, which, by the way, YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Usually Tuesdays, we're doing it this week on a Wednesday because, hey, it's holiday week. Yes. Kid was still yeah. off yesterday, and I didn't feel like doing this shit, so... 
We're here. We are here for you now. And we've got some Star Wars to talk about. We are returning to our special topic. I don't know if it's going to be four parts total, three parts, but it has many parts. And we're doing part two today. And those are the top scenes from Andor, Rogue One, and the OT. Which is perfect, because I just completed my Skywalker Saga Christmas rewatch on Monday with... The Rise of Skywalker, which Nick, you know, I know, I know you're not, you, you don't do the rewatch thing. I do encourage you to do it at one point in time. And here's why. And I've been doing it every year and, and I find something new. I have a different experience every time. I have to say after this year's rewatch, I think the prequels are becoming my favorite movies <laughs> just because <laughs> of how much shit I've talked and, and how, how much of it is still true yet. I appreciate it now. It's almost like they've aged like a not fine wine, if that makes sense. <laughs> Poorly? <laughs> they're, no, they're they're awesome. Like, they are literally... Uh, Attack of the Clones, I wrote in my notepad while I was watching it uh, two Thursdays ago. I was like, Attack of the Clones may be the greatest prequel movie when I really think about it. It, it is the best portrayal of Anakin. At least the Anakin I wanted to see. The little Dude, whiny boo bitch I'm that, so that acts like that an asshole. I'm so glad you talked yourself into this after so many years. <laughs> that movie's trash. It's never not going to be all, trash, dude, but Attack I'm glad of the you Clones enjoy it. is amazing. It is amazing. You need to go back and re... I'm telling you, if, if you haven't seen the prequels in over 10 years, you owe it to yourself. Oh, I've to seen, go back I've seen them in the last 10 years. And like Attack of the Clones is dog shit. Like it's it not even a question. Awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. I, I'm going to reserve... And this is going to get me in trouble, but I, I, I dog shit, it, 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 it's a tie between The Rise of Skywalker... Cross is and, 20 times better than AOTC for and the, in two and the, scenes by itself. <laughs> no, no, dude, I, I'll even I'll even say story wise, Attack of the Clones blows uh, Tross out of the water. It's not even dude. Uh, Tross is such a disaster. I throw up now when I when like all the Palpatine stuff happens. Like it, it's just so a natural. What you can reaction. expect now, everybody listening, is five years from now, <laughs> Matt will be saying what he's saying about I AOTC Tross. about yeah. Tross. Yeah. So just give yeah, it. You, give you it never some time. know. You never know. But it, it was a great tour through the movies again. I, I love doing it. Uh, in fact, I, I'm just kidding. Like Rots <laughs> compelled me to rewatch Kenobi before A New Hope because that, that, I do dig Anakin. He's my guy. I'm still never going to buy into what all you little eight, nine, ten year olds thought of Rots when you saw it first. I was 25. I had a much more developed brain and it just isn't what you're telling me it is. But I fully understand why you all look at it that way. You, you had mushy brains. OK, you were little kids. It's why I don't give a fuck about Ewoks. All right. I was like, sweet Ewoks, where older OT fans think that they essentially ruined Star Wars, just like all the other things that have ruined Star Wars for people that don't like certain things so uh the rewatch was great prequels are awesome ot still the best tross it, tross is the worst star wars movie <laughs> I, I can say that now with confidence i know nick doesn't agree no. but the rise of skywalker it, it just it took any any hope of saving the sequel trilogy and just shit all over it like it's just like fuck fuck all of this <laughs> um the Last Jedi, I know that's that's still not a favorite amongst a lot of you. I still think it's a bit long. Still hate how Luke acts for the first 20 minutes or so we meet him. But overall, it is, it, it is a decent film, and I, I do like what Ryan was trying to do. But TFA, and, and I'll, this is, I don't know if you feel this way, Nick. 
we know TFA is the best sequel movie. It's not even close. Yeah. But I will tell you now, when I watch TFA, I, I get angry because I know all the potential it sets up just gets flamethrowered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, over the next two movies. So even TFA now, is it, it, it doesn't feel the same. You know, it's like, God, there's so much promise here, but I know it just goes. Yeah. After you. I've seen I've, I've like done rewatches of the, the sequel trilogy. Probably most recently, if we're comparing it to the prequels and I'm like, I'm like, okay at compartmentalizing TFA and just knowing that that's the best movie that, you know, that's in that sequel uh, trilogy. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's without question the best one. I don't get angry, but I do get a little disappointed when I was like, you know, sometimes you watch it and you're like, man, the setup was so clear. Like the setup, like you you couldn't have had an easier handoff. Like it was just no. so clear the direction that all of these characters were going. Like there was ambiguity around Finn a little bit, but that was going to be fun to like explore his journey and it, it all just got exploded. So yeah, it's, it's a bummer. <laughs> it is a bummer, but I, I, you can also see, you know, we had Adam driver a few weeks ago, come out and be like, Hey, uh, that guy's redemption arc is bullshit. That, that was never planned until the very end. And you really can see that they were angling Kylo to fully become like a dark side nut job, even through Last Jedi. I mean, I think people forget, you know, him and Ray, they team up for a second. But once he gets what he wants, which is Snoke dead and all the Praetorian guards done, he's like, hey, bitch, let's go. Let's fucking run this. Kind of like how Vader was doing to his son in, in Empire. And when she tells him, no, they snap the, the lightsaber in half and he goes absolutely insane. Like literally goes nuts. He's fucking yeah. nuts. And he continues to be nuts even in, in the Rise of Skywalker a bit. And then, hey, Palpatine, go see zombie Ian down there. <laughs> I see we got Connor in here from Beyond the Dune Sea saying Ian brings it. Yeah, Ian brings it. He, he, he wasn't needed. Like I just, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Ooh, what a way to end. What oh, a way thank to end. you to B-Mad for the first oh, super chat of something? the year. First super ah, chat sorry, of the year B-Mad. from B-Mad. Thank you. Thank you, sir. My man, sorry about that. I was I was going on the on the prequels, but uh, you know we'll we'll move on here. I I do recommend people that don't regularly watch the saga, give it a go. It's it's a good little time. We uh, you know got the family around, tried to watch a movie a night. Uh, I think Christmas Day we we plowed through the last bit of Kenobi and then took in a New Hope. Uh, it's it's good shit, man. And I don't know. I I know they're not Christmas related, but they just feel right to watch during that that holiday week so yeah the um, last we did take in we took in solo not rogue one though i don't know why we skipped we we watched the end i was like no we we gotta at least see the fucking hallway to the handoff because it's literally (laughs) the start of a new hope and they're like you're fucking crazy and said no i'm not let's we're doing it and we did it yeah i I watched solo over the holiday um and for me like solo is the direction that i really wanted to see the 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 star Wars universe move into like rogue one was good. Like rogue one was a fantastic movie. One of the best that Disney put out for sure. But like, like in in terms of like direction there, there wasn't really like a directional change for how like rogue one was versus all of the other star Wars movies. They were very similar, like rogue one, like fit in very well with like the standard Skywalker saga style of movies. Like it, it had that same feel to it, but, but like solo had a different feel like solo felt 
oh, like it's completely a different. more fun movie. Yes. And I think that that's kind of what was lacking in Star Wars for a little bit is like the movies weren't fun anymore. Like the movies started to get a little bit too serious. The movies started to to take themselves too seriously. And I think that with with Solo, it was a nice little directional change that you had there. Like you didn't have to worry about, you know, like the super heavy stuff. Like you had a little bit of heavy stuff in there, but it wasn't overwhelming. It was fun. It was cool to see how the characters that you know and love got to where they were. And I, I was really hoping that we would get more films like that. And and obviously, you know, who yeah. knows what the future is going to hold. Thanks, Bob! But yeah, I, you know, it's it's looking less and less likely that we will get uh, well, hey, stuff like that. We so. talked about this year. Remember, it, it would have been Guillermo del Toro's fucking <laughs> hut movie would have been the continuation of the the young solo tales. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, well, hey there, Ben Rye, Ben Ray. Welcome to the gang here. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, I, I like it all, but we, we can we can poke poke at star wars that's okay it, it's just as long as we don't get into the weeds with the woke crowd where they get upset over stupid shit my the stuff that gives me aneurysms and borderline strokes it all is important to me okay like the the anakin stuff and rots and i i just i still don't see it although you know watching rots this last time i was a little softer on it all i i, I guess i could see it a little bit more how i just needed anakin to be a bit more visceral with his conundrum he he seemed like he had his shit together all the way up until the last moment when he's like i need him and then okay i'm bad and i'm gonna go murder all my friends and kids it just tonally i don't know it's never gonna line up for me but i'm tired of being made fun of and ridiculed online for having opinions contrary to the masses with the prequel so I, i'm just over it at this point in time all right i get it i'm old i'm stupid <laughs> i don't get it I don't understand Star Wars, even though that I remember more Star Wars than you dumb fucks will forget. Okay. Yeah. I think that the Anakin angle is just like, it wasn't like, I mean, if I'm going to be real and people are going to hate me for this now, but like they just cast it like for the Anakin that we wanted, that was going to lead into the Vader that we had in the OT, they cast the wrong actor. Like you just did like Hayden is well, a fantastic it's either that or, or the wrong director was well, directing. I don't even think and, it's that. And writing. <laughs> I, I don't think it's like the, the writing was bad. But wait, I mean, do, do you not think Hayden channeled who we wanted in Ahsoka though? Hayden channeled the best that he could the, to, to be Vader that we want him to be, but there are better actors that could have made a more visceral Vader. Like the, the, he's, he's not an actor. He does not have, a physical presence that will intimidate you. Like he doesn't have that. That's what we expected from Vader. But like, we also like didn't know who Vader really was before that time. And what we like, what we pictured in our head leading up to the prequel trilogy was like, Oh, like the, the person who becomes Vader, the Anakin Skywalker that becomes Vader is also going to be, this like like a badass like we didn't expect him yeah, to be I, I like I thought he'd be a little edgier you yeah. know I mean when you when you first meet a guy as a kid in a in black armor that the entire galaxy is afraid of he's known for genocide yeah it's you, like, you kind of think that he probably always was a little edgy. Yeah. And, and we got that in Attack of the Clones which is why I think uh, it's fantastic. Like he, but, he cut down some Here's what happened in Attack of the Clones that you're like, this is the Vader moment. He killed some people. He killed some some 
whatever, some sa- uh, sand people, and then he cried about it. That makes you yeah, feel yeah, yeah, Vader. Yeah. No, no, like no, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking the whole, you know, and not the crying. It was, it was the hate. I hate, you know, when he he's when he's really, actively he, crying he, when he says that. No, he he starts he starts crying because he knows he shouldn't be killing people as a Jedi. Oh young my man. god! But before so that, bad. he's all he, he's so all pissy. He's bad. angry. He's throwing shit. Before that, he's whining about like yeah, I yeah, love the like I a, love the like whiny fourteen year old kid. Yeah, he's, he's like whiny in his bitch room Anakin. after his mom's like you can't go out for ice cream with your friends he's like i hate them all I hate okay you. well i i you can you can start to see if if, if an 18 year old acts like that super cocky a little arrogant then okay they could maybe maybe start murdering young kids we get to we get to 23 year old anakin and he's like a goody two-shoes like oh yeah they won't let me be master when uh, i i know palpatine's bad but when when i need him when and then then he, then he, he takes the, the whole knee. other movie he cried the whole other time <laughs> he was sitting there crying through rots or, or through AOTC the no. whole fucking time. I can't be with Padme. They no, that's hurt good. My that's mommy. good whining. No, whining in Attack of the Clones was good. It Anything was in Revenge so of the Sith, shitty. not good. Oh Anakin in Revenge of the Sith is good in his ETA two at the start against Dooku, landing the ship, and then. When he marches on no. the temple. It's like for real though, like if they if 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 the Vader that we wanted, like the Vader that everybody expected, like a super Yeah, he's in the Clone Wars. That guy. Like, that's yeah, that's the Anakin that's right the, there. That's the Anakin that we wanted, but I, I'm gonna be honest, like Hayden can't play that. Go watch any one of Hayden's movies in the past. Like go watch <laughs> anything that he's done. Hey, I like I like Nick's just flamethrowing Christensen at this and, point in time. Fuck and he it. doesn't play, but he doesn't play like that. Like he plays more meek characters that's what he does like that's yeah. what he was known for and even if you watch like jumper where he's like the main character and he's supposed to be like cocky he really does like he doesn't come off as cocky like he he comes off as like this dork. playful kind Geek. yeah like dorky kind of kid and like he just doesn't have that angle or maybe he does now but he didn't have it when he was that age and like i enjoy the portrayal that hayden gave us of of like the Anakin Vader character in Ahsoka. I think that that was a step up for sure from what we got. But like in terms of what the expectations were going into the, the prequel trilogy about like what we we're going to see from Vader, that just wasn't his style of acting. Like that's just not how he, he you acted. Know, that's I, that's a new angle to attack Revenge of the Sith. So I'm, I'm behind you. I can get down with that. I mean, it'd be, be mad, be mad asking what's worse acting or it directing. Was, it was, it, all, it, it, it was both. It's pretty much, yeah, they're, they're tied. I mean, and, and that's the, that, that's the thing where I'm saying about the prequels, you, you go and watch them now They're It's so glaring, especially in Revenge of the, like Revenge, Nick is right. Ewan McGregor and Attack of the Clones must've been high or, or just, was like, you know what, George, you put this stupid wig on me, you're going to get a stupid performance. Because it, it, it just, he's horrible. No, yeah. It, it's, then then they all get, like, Revenge of the Sith, holy shit. I mean, Natalie Portman, an Oscar winner, she looks like fucking shit. She looks great, acts like shit. We all, we, you know, we, we heard what Nick just said about Hayden. He, he, Nick doesn't even think Hayden should have a career. And then I mean, even he Obi-Wan for the in last some 20 years. So. <laughs> Obi-Wan in some of those scenes, like the Ray Shield shit. I mean, it, it, it is bad. Like some of the dialogue is horrific, horrific. 
in the prequels no, yeah, and, it's, how, it's and how they were directed. So, anyways, I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't really want to turn the opening into prequel fest. <laughs> I just want to know. Hey, I love it. They're super just, solid as B movies. Like if you go I, into I, it knowing that opinions, like this is the quality all. that I'm going to get if I watch like a sci-fi film, then not bad. See, I like this Ben guy. I agree <laughs> with you. That's all you need to say. <laughs> Phantom Wait, film on this show, you say you agree with overrated. us. I, I know people think I'm making a joke, but the the Phantom Menace is the most well done from start to finish prequel challenge. It's got some of the better acting. You can't make fun of Jake Lloyd. He's a fucking 10 year old acting like a 10 year old. Yeah, it, it, it actually has a somewhat focused narrative, even though it's silly about trade blockades and whatnot. You have Darth Maul. You have some of the best duels in all of Star Wars. I'm telling you, it's, TPM is the best prequel. It's before George lost his mind with special effects. Like, that's what it was. Like, he didn't well, have it's what, the toys it's what that he started. Had. It's what, it was like his first oh. hit of crack was TPM. Yeah, was, like, he was like, then oh, he realized, like, he's like TPM <laughs> trying to, you know, like, like, figuring it out, laying the groundwork, the technology was like on the way there to do what he did in AOTC right. and ROTS, but it wasn't quite fully there to where he could destroy his movies with, with CGI like he did. So that's why like TPM is like more authentic to his original vision of Star Wars with like touched up CGI. And then you go into AOTC and the first thing you see is this horrible chase through skyways flying through electrified non-fences with the worst electrocution acting I've ever seen in my life. Like just like truly, <laughs> truly awful shit. Just hey, straight out. The you gate. should see, you should see them in, in 4k. <laughs> yes. oh, man. Um, you can, I, I mean, I, I hate poking at the OTs cause they're a product of their time, but I mean, in 4k, the OTs, you can pretty much see the cells. Oh yeah. And, and like moving across the starry background, but the prequels, I was surprised. I mean, you, you're really starting to see the edge lines where the green and blue screen was. I mean, you, if you look closely, every character kind of has like a, a blue or green halo outlining their their body yeah. from all the all the work there all right look we're not here we're, to talk shit about star wars no, we're here to talk I mean, shit about fun. rebel like, moon like like listen <laughs> this is fun like this is what you should do as a star wars fan it's when you get in the weeds and you start ridiculing people because of the way they feel no, but yeah. all right um be mad we love you jar jar is funny like jar jar was a main character and then after the backlash he became nothing <laughs> like he literally disappears in attack of the clones and rots he's just See ya. Yeah. Um, all right. Be mad. Thank you for the tip. Have you guys seen the animated rod stool? I have. Nick has not. I, I think not. it's great. I'm surprised they have not been sued yet. <laughs> so um, I, I, I give them all the credit in the world. I love when fans do that shit. I just hope they're protected. And Nick, we did have one question to us from um, the good old league. And I can't read because my new monitor is too big and all the text is sketchy. All right, Nick, what does your prep look like for the show? I don't Do have you any. rewatch everything. So you remember. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> no. Nick has zero prep. Like he's got the best job period at SWTS. He just has to show up on Tuesday. <laughs> um, my prep is, is fairly deep. Uh, I just rewatched all the movies. Probably won't do that again for another year. Uh, but that, outside that, I don't specifically rewatch stuff just for shows unless it's like a, a new, you know, in season. So when Bad Batch comes up, I'll, I'll probably watch those once or twice before I, I talk about them. Outside that, I got to do all the stupid shit. 
like the, the, the horrific graphics we put out, the, the thumbnail, the dumb promos that 30 people see on IG. So yeah, I, I get to do all that nonsense that I fucking hate. And uh, who knows, maybe this will be the last year. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I like don't, I don't watch anything leading up to a show because I remember most of the shit that's that happened. Like if if it's if it's like something that is very specific that I can't remember, then I'll go back and watch that one particular thing. But for the most part, it's like these are all happening consecutively. And it's it's not like you have like a series of time jumps or they're like not, you know, not connected together. All the shit's connected. So it's like everything that you've watched in, you know, in the past years is where the next thing's picking up from. So it's not like I, I just remember it. So. Yeah. And you know, he's, he's not a complete crackhead, so he still has some gray matter up there. His, his brain's a lot less holy than mine. I got some great chocolate. <laughs> Woo! My buddy's like, yeah, take one to three of them. It'll be like a micro. So I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I, I'm a pro. I took three. And you were out. Oh, dude, in like an hour, I was like what I call toeing the line. I'm sitting there trying to work on the new computer. I'm like, hiya, hold on, buddy. Don't let, don't let them win. You don't want to go to Planet Z today. And so I fought it back. And I ended up doing the math after, and I realized that three pieces of chocolate was essentially like a gram. And that's a oh, lot. That, yeah. That's not a micro. That's dough. a lot. Wow. Your buddy Yay! must have a high tolerance if he thinks that that, that is no, a dude, microdose. It says it on the box. Like it literally says oh, one to three microdose, four to six, feel funny. And then it's like nine to 12. See ya. <laughs> so, wow. Oh, man. Anyways, fungus is the best. All right, Nick, I heard you talking about Rebel Moon. First thing I want to address here, any of these people calling this Star Wars, I don't think they've ever seen Star Wars. Rebel Moon is like... I, I didn't get anything Star Wars from it. Yes, is it derivative? Sure, 100%, as is most science fiction these days. I, I don't really... I mean, new science fiction is tough to come by. So, But I, I see the derivative complaints that a lot of the critics have been giving it. Uh, like Nick, Nick didn't even get through it. He, he's still on Velt when the, I'm guessing trying to pick up the... Uh, uh, go find this general or whatever. Uh, but, but here we go. Rebel Moon is not Star Wars. Anyone that makes those comparisons is stupid. Rebel Moon is not good from a story perspective. I, I'd say story-wise, it's a five and a half to a six tops. Wow, that is generous. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a shame because I, I, the, the IP definitely has potential if it had a better story. Because as Nick was saying, it was hard for him to, to, to stick with it because the first 30, 40 minutes is it, it, literally just talking and, and talking about going to find people to make a stand against something like an empire. Uh, and, and you just don't give a fuck because they during that 45 minutes, they don't spend any time developing any of the lead characters. You're just like, OK, there's that person. They must be important because that's how we started. And then once they get off on your mission, it's it's kind of like, well, who cares? And all right, we're going to get this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy. And that's going to help this small Viking S village beat this dreadnought ship that could just nuke you out of the sky. OK, cool. Oh, this one girl used to be a part of the, the Imperium. All right. 
it looks fucking radical. I mean, we all know that with a Zack Snyder movie. It's going to look fucking cool. There's going to be great action moments. I was disappointed that it went PG-13 and not R because I think it looked silly as fuck. Some of the action where there's zero, zero blood, zero spray, zero miss, zero anything. But with that being said, I've watched it twice because I think all Snyder movies almost need two viewings because you may fall asleep during one or just be like, why am I watching this? And I was quite ill throughout the vacation. That's why I didn't talk about it. For the first five days of Christmas, I had the stomach flu, like shitting out of my mouth and ass nonstop. It was amazing. So it was, it was a good it was a good state of mind to be in to watch Rebel Moon Part One, A Child of Fire. So I don't know what to tell everyone. I will watch the extended cut when it comes out. It, it's just one of those movies, Nick. I can't explain it. It's it's dumb. But I think because it looks cool, uh, it's nice to have on in the background when I don't feel like focusing. And I will watch part two on April 19th. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to finish it. I got 45 minutes in. It was the here's what got it for me. Here's here's the, the part that really the was main like, actress is a smoke show. I'll at least say that it was it was within the first 45 minutes, obviously, because that's when I turned it off. There was a part where you could tell that the writer had no idea what he was doing, trying to like impart backstory for the main character. She was like in some hovel house, whatever, talking to somebody. And the conversation that they were having was had nothing to do with where she came from. But she for some reason, like she's about to walk away and then she turns around and spills her whole backstory to this dude and the guy was just like, huh. And then that was the end of the scene. Like, that was it. That, Not, that's what I'm saying, dude. They don't, like, there's no character development. Yeah, no, it was awful. I was like, oh, you, I was like, I saw that and I was like, oh, you really have no idea how to, like, build this, like, build the character backstory, have it revealed in a way that makes sense, like, show what happened to this character through actions and through deep conversations with other characters. You have no idea how to do that. You've just decided that... I'm going to dump this character's whole backstory to a random character 35 minutes into this movie. And then that's what you get. And I was like, I'm, I can't do it. Like, and here's the thing, like everybody's like, Oh, but his movies look so cool. And Christopher Nolan was like, Oh, he was, I don't know what Christopher Nolan was on when he said this. He's like, he created this. He said that, yeah, he's pretty, Nolan essentially said that he sees, Zack Snyder in every comic book movie to date. Yeah, I mean, Christopher Nolan must not watch a lot of comic book movies then. I mean, he probably doesn't. So I don't blame him for saying that because he's probably only watched his own and Zack Snyder's. Um, but is like the thing, everything looks good now. Everything looks good. Like you can't even say like, oh, I'm going to watch this because all Zack Snyder movies look good. Everything looks good. Like his slow motion shit is overplayed and boring now. Like it's just like when you do That's it. That's not even him, man. They stole that from the Wachowskis. Like everyone yeah, yeah. stole from like the original, from- like yeah, from the Matrix stuff. Bullet time with Matrix, but like it's played out. It's boring. Every t- it's so telegraphed when you see it, and it doesn't even hold impact anymore. Like he does, he does the the slow motion in non impactful moments. So it happens, and you're like, well, why the fuck did it slow down? Like it slowed down. So I saw this this clip hit the dirt like what like (laughs) what's the point like and the thing is is like this motherfucker is going to continue to get like seven eight figure checks cut to him 
from big streamers because he's got an internet following of 55 people who have created a thousand accounts each to make it look like people care about him. But like, he's a t- like he hasn't made a good movie since you could argue the Watchmen, but his last good movie was for sure the Dawn of the Dead remake. Like I saw that movie and I was super impressed. Like that was really good. I enjoyed the Watchmen. Man of Steel was okay. And then after that, everything was trash. And, and like, I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand where like the love for this dude comes from. Like he, 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 he like shit all over DC, but like people thought it looked cool. So they're like, Oh, bring him back. And then he releases the Snyder cut justice league four hour hot garbage mess. That was just as bad as the other one, except it was twice as long. (laughs) And I'm like, Okay, well, I guess this is like if if people want to pay for that, then go for it. But like, I'm out on Snyder. So Nick's giving all that love to Snyder. It's just love. like I I don't know what to say. Like he should be a DP. I think he would be a great director of photography as a director of people and uh and like a crafter of stories. He's one of the worst I've ever seen. Like, all right, well, that's <laughs> Rebel Moon for you. <laughs> hey, like I, I'm not. I can't really argue Nick's points. I but for some reason, like I said, maybe it's stomach flu. I watched it twice. It, it doesn't get much better. But I'm I'm in it to win it now. I'm I'm not fully in the cult of Zach, but I do. I definitely dig him a little more than Nick. But yeah, that this Rebel Moon was was not not great. It's no it's no Wonka. I'll tell you, Wonka. It's still movie of the year for me. Yeah, I have that, to go that see movie that. is fucking awesome. I've seen it. I, we went again. My mom came into town. I was like, we going. Oh, there we go, Bat. That's what I'm looking for. There's a Snyder cut of Rebel Moon. Three hours R-rated. See, that's that's what I was asking and, for. And, now, and, I'm, now I'm going to get the character development and blood. It's going to go up to an eight out of ten. Second thing, <laughs> why does this motherfucker keep getting director's cuts? Especially, he's on Netflix. They let him do whatever he wanted, dude. So he Netflix chose rolling in it now. So he They're chose rolling. like so. This is what happened. He chose to put out this trash, and then. When everybody shit on it, he he was already locked and loaded saying, oh, don't worry, a director's cut's coming out, and it's basically a different movie. So what he did was he made a piece of shit, put it out, let people shit on it, and then says, don't worry, I have something else coming out, and it's going to be longer, yeah, and it's going to go. it's gonna be, it's gonna feel so much different. <laughs> But it's going to be equally shitty. Oh, dude, you're watching it. You know you're going to watch no, it. No, I'm not. Love it. <laughs> I have. I'm, I definitely won't watch it. <laughs> but you are. You're going to love me. it. It is funny because I'm watching this. I'm going. They clearly have cut a lot of shit, and I wonder if there's going to be an extended cut. Well, here we go. So Nick may be on to something, but let, let's leave Zach alone. Uh, he's taken enough lumps today, I think. All right, we want to do these quick, okay? So not a ton of time here. These are more just tooting your horn type of shit. Remember when everyone's like, oh, hey. Oh, the droid. Yeah, bat. The droid in in Rebel Moon makes absolutely no sense. It it shows up, it gets a flower crown, and then you don't see it until the very end, and now it has, like, deer antlers. (laughs) Ah! Rebel Moon! Okay. What the fuck? All right. So, Nick, you know, last year, everyone's down on the Mandalorian. Star Wars sucks. Star Wars has lost its way. Fuck Star Wars. Fuck Kathy. Fuck Bob. Fuck anyone that is a girl in Star Wars. Mandalorian season three sucks cock, right? Oh, I mean, it's just like Star Wars is terrible. Well, guess what? 
The Mandalorian tops the list of most watched streaming originals in 2023. So that means it even beat The Last of Us, the darling of 2023. And I do not want to get into a deep discussion on streaming business practices. This is just more of a, hey, things are okay. All right. People are still watching Star Wars. Yeah. The Mandalorian still gets its viewership for sure. Um, I can't see this whole article because they're making me pay for it. So. Well, yeah, that's why, I, that's why I, that's why I, blo- I, okay, I have yeah. reading view on. Cause yeah, they, they it, it, really, they give you the bulk of the shit at the top and uh, whoever this whip media is, they, they determine their rankings by streaming original TV series with the greatest share of viewers from Jan one to November 30. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, of users of the TV time app. So that's where it came from, whatever the hell that is. So there you go. So that that's positive. Maybe that will allow Bob to give the team some cash. Another quick PSA before we get into our, our special topic here uh, on the topic of gaming. Some outlaws news has popped up today. Official Nick. Uh, this oddly comes from Disney Parks uh, as they're kicking. It was something like the 25 new things to do in 2024. Yeah. And number 22 on the list, Nick, is explore an open world Star Wars game. Uh, so this game, it, it, you know, we were talking a few weeks ago about how Ubisoft, they were going to delay it for March because they were making too much money. And we were wondering, because the way it read, it, it, it kind of implied that this might, that this might Push extend. Push it into 2020. Yeah, like, a, why the fuck are fireworks going off on my video? <laughs> oh, well, it'll be more fun for you people. We, we were thinking they may just delay it a full year. Uh, but it, it it sounds, at least from this little blurb, that it is still going to release in 2024, probably towards the end of the season. Bat asking, how can you not compare it to Star Wars? I I really I, Bat that that's one I just I do not see Star Wars in the least in Rebel Moon. Uh, like I guess the vibro blades maybe <laughs> because uh, it's I, terrible and Star Wars isn't. How is 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 that does that explain it enough? I just yeah but dude everyone ran with that Star Wars thing and I was like okay it's because Zack Snyder said it he's like this is my version of Star Wars so everybody's like oh it's his version of Star Wars so it's Star Warsy right it's like no it's trash Zack that that was not a good uh not a good description there buddy Uh, so anyways Outlaws coming down the pike all right yeah good stuff yeah Outlaws will be fun and then after March is like usually fiscal year reset is March. So they'll, if they push it till after March, it'll be after the 2023 fiscal year. So that'll reset yeah, out. It, it's, it's looking, Nick, I, I forget which rag I saw on, it might've been Kotaku, but I, I think they're, it's going to move into that holiday game season, like yeah. the November that makes window when, when the CODs usually come out. I mean, that's usually, that's the video game. At least when I was in the, the industry, that was the big time of year. You, you dropped your, your mega titles. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much October, November to kind of capture some of that holiday. Yeah, action. like get all of the the parents buying for kids for Christmas yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh well, no, that'll be good. I uh, I'm working through Final Fantasy 16 still. That's that's a that's a quality game. I dig that shit. Okay, well, you know what, people, we are on schedule. It is time to get back to breaking down the top scenes of the Star Wars saga, including TV. So our first part we did a few weeks ago before our top 23 or our top moments of 2023. 
we recounted Nick. It was like 23 moments from the prequels up through Solo. Yeah. So now we're going to do Andor Rogue One in the OT. And I still haven't decided if we're going to lump the TV in with the sequels or give them each their own little day. But today is the day to honor my era of Star Wars. The best era. The era that started it all. So it's always going to be the best. I don't care what you young kids say about the prequels. There are no prequels without the OGs. All right. Debate solved <laughs> finished it's over okay so we're gonna start all the way back at andor and we're gonna go all the way through the best movie in all star wars and that happens to be return of the jedi once we get through that we will then unveil our personal top fives because it's always about the pissing match versus the content right we always get we gotta rank shit we gotta <laughs> compete we gotta see who said what who is right who is wrong i don't so think i have is- any moments from andor or actually, no, you, like when I listed mine out, I didn't list anything from Rogue One either. So. Yeah, I um, don't worry. Well, my top five, I, I think I included one. A- Andor, though, ones. like I wouldn't have added anything from it anyway. So, uh, yeah, All I mean. Right. OK, so here we go, Nick. Look at that graphic. Oh, shit. It just crashed. <laughs> All right. Top scenes. Andor. Rogue One. OT. We got 22 of them, or 21 technically, because we had a, a space holder right here. All right, up first, like I said, we're starting back at Andor, Nick. What do you think about this one? I'm going with the Aldhani heist. Mostly the visuals of their escape when they're flying through that that celestial storms coming. You know, you got those, those green, crazy-looking star streaks, blue, orange, red. The episode itself was super tense. We didn't know who was going to turn on who. Would they get out? Who was going to die? Homeboy with the, you know, with the manifesto gets knocked out. But it, it, was, it was tense. It was anxiety-inducing, but it was also visually thrilling to see this, this moment in Andor. Uh, yeah, I mean, the end of it for sure, like flying through the, the meteor shower was really cool visually. Um, and the heist itself was definitely one of the high points in that show. Um, you know, I think like for, for Andor, a lot of spycraft stuff, a lot of, um, you know, like building towards particular moments through the, through the season, but yeah, I mean, this was definitely one of those moments that was built towards and, and executed on really well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's one when I was going back thinking about today is like, shit, I can't wait to rewatch Andor before season two. Because that, that's another mandatory thing I do. So back to League, if we are getting a new season of something, I, I tend to have this OCD compassion to or, or pull to re redo stuff. To rewatch. Got to have all the content fresh. All right. Stick with Andor. We got a few more here. And I know Nick's not going to agree with this one, but and listen, he's allowed to have his own opinions. I will say he is in the very, very, very small minority on this one. I mean, there's like there are there are churches formed around this character at this point in time. And I'm talking about Kino Loy one way out the speech circus killing it, the emotion. I know Nick hates it, like I said, but I, I, it is a top scene in Star Wars for most fans. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. 
Okay, moving on here, and this is, I, I'm going to have to reread it all, so bear with me. But how can we be talking about top scenes and or and not mention Luthen's monologue? Yeah, just, that, that was definitely one of the best moments in the whole show is like really, you know, if you're if you're if you're looking for for like character revolution, uh, like revelations and like building a character's backstory and like an appropriate moment to have like a big exploration or explanation of a, of a character's like motivations, that was a really excellent way to do it for sure. Yeah, it's fantastic. Just in case you all forgot. Here we go. Calm. Kindness, kinship, love. I've given up all chance at inner peace. I've made my mind a sunless space. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my eagerness to fight. They've set me on a path from which there is no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost. And by the time I looked down, there was no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. Future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. And the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything. Just, it's probably some of the best writing in all of Star Wars. It is the best writing in all of Star Wars, at least from a monologue perspective. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's a beautiful moment. So here we go. It, it needs honored a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't typically get that many monologues in star Wars films. And you there's know, actually, is there any Nick? Now that I come I was, to think about that's it. That's what I was thinking about. It's like, there are moments where a character will speak a few lines, but I don't think that if you go back through the shows or the movies, that there is a moment where somebody like sits there in a in, in monologues for as long as Luke yeah, did. So, so this yeah. this may be it. And if it remains the only, it, that's fine. It, it should be enshrined in the Star Wars Hall of Fame. All right, one more, and believe it or not, it deals with a speech again from Andor, and and we're we're going with what Tony wanted her to say, and that's fuck the Empire. Uh, so if you're not familiar here, this is the scene where Marva re- pre-recorded a speech to deliver at Ferrix to kind of kick off the really what we're thinking is one of the first rebellious acts of a planet that is under control of the Empire. Uh, it, was just, it was a great moment for the series, the way it was shot, what it led into, you know, the, the guy attacking B2 and then homeboy smacking him with Marva's brick. Obviously, Cassian milling around in the sewers, you know, kind of feeling the loss of leaving his mom and knowing she's dead. Uh, You know, I mean, really, I think all these scenes we just talked about from Andor highlight why it is appreciated by a large swath of Star Wars fans. Yeah, I I think that, like, that's kind of where the show, like, finds its audience and really, like, hits its strong points is in the individual performances which obviously like was never, I don't think that an individual performance was necessarily a strong point of any of the, of the movies because they're all built as ensemble pieces. Like every star Wars movie, like from the prequels till the, you know, the sequels were always built as like, you don't have, you know, like you have a main character quote unquote, but like really the movie is an ensemble piece that is, that is like played out by groups of characters making their way through certain situations. And in, in Andor, 
is very different. Like you're following Cassie and Andor and then you're following him through the different situations that he's in and meeting the different people that he meets along his way to becoming a, a eventual rebel hero. So you don't really get in, in other pieces of star Wars history, like, like individual standout characters, um, unless they just like, they really pop off in a different way. Like Han Solo did. Um, but yeah, Andor was, was I think in my opinion, really the first time that you had focus put on one single character, um, throughout the entire series. And then obviously you had that with Kenobi as well. So, um, yeah. Hey, speaking think, yeah. speaking of Kenobi, the Anakin stuff is, is still great. Solid series. It, it does. It just, it, there's something about Kenobi that just feels off. Maybe it is the production value. I don't know, but it, 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 either way, the Anakin shit is fantastic. That's why I felt like I had to watch it coming right out of revenge of the Sith. Huh. All right. Moving into Rogue One, I'll give you a tease here. Three top moments from Rogue One. First one, and really they all happen at the end for the most part. Uh, I, I do find this a good moment, and, and I'm talking about towards the end where Chirrut initially kind of walks out to sacrifice himself to, to enable the transmitter to go. And then, you know, seeing his, his buddy go down, Baze runs out and essentially has his last stand. <clears throat> you know, Baze gets the, the last laugh with the, the thermal detonator there at the end. But it, it, yeah. was, it was a great moment for these two characters who are kind of unique to to Star Wars. It, it just showed the the bond they had together, their bond to the Force, even though they weren't technically Jedi. The, you know, the, what are they, the, the wills or whatever, keeper of the wills, protector of the wills. It, it was a touching moment. And, and you know, it, it, because the characters are written well, acted well, and it's just a great movie, it does hit emotionally. Yeah, I think that scene, like, you have the invasion of Scarif, like, everything seems to be going well to start with, and you're like, oh, man, it's, they're, they're going to do it. It's going to go yeah, they're great. Gonna do it. And then, like, slowly things start to yeah. fall apart. The, the garrison gets slowly. emptied, and, and the numbers just yeah. don't and add up you, anymore. And then it's like, oh, well, not only is are the rest of the people you know, like going out, like then your main characters start falling one by one by one. And I think that they executed that really well. I think Gareth and his team did a really good job on that. Um, yeah, I think that was definitely one of the standout ones, especially the, like you called out the cheer at death. Um, that was, yeah, that was definitely like the emotional height of that scene was, was his, I am one with the force, the forces with me, blah, 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 like that, that whole thing going out. So yeah, top, top for sure. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. And that, that leads us into the next moment. Like Nick said, where Rogue One really gets you is, is towards the end as the main start falling out. And, and I, I think that's the beauty of Rogue One. We, we knew this, right? I mean, we, 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 their story was already told in the opening crawl of A New Hope. But we, we knew it was going to happen. But because the movie's well done, had a good script, good acting, good cast, you, you still, it's like you almost believe that they're going to make it. And like, hey, yeah. the good guys are going to do it. And, and that brings up this next moment. And, and this is one of the most honorable deaths, most touching deaths in all of Star Wars. And that, I'm talking about K2 sacrifice to allow Cassian and Jin to climb the tape deck tower. Yeah. I mean, that is probably like that ranks up there, probably top five most emotional moments in Star Wars. Like 
it's it was just so well executed and it was like it was kind of unexpected for that to be as emotional as it was like you probably watched that knowing that you know k2 is gonna die but the way that it happened and the way that it was shot and and everything that was around it was so well done that it was really hard not to get emotional during that part. So yeah, super, super good. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think like, what's a sadder death in star Wars. I mean, I, Vader's is up there, obviously the redemption death. I mean, I'm who, who, to... who else actually dies in star Wars? Apparently right. not that many nope, people. Nobody anymore. So <laughs> I guess K2 takes it. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I mean, what you got like, I mean, honestly, Padme, like Padme's death wasn't really and, that and her, her emotional. Her death is bullshit. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, like she died like, of a broken heart. Wow. Yeah, it's like that was poorly executed. <laughs> um, I mean, OT tech? wise, like. I mean, like tech is my next guess. Yeah, it's like. Who, and like, we don't know if he's still dead. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, we don't even know if <laughs> tech's dead. Like Ben Solo, not really. Like. No, um, that's not a good death. You know. Yeah, it's hard. I, I, I would say like the thing is is like Holdo's death was really cool, but you never saw it. Like you didn't actually see yeah, her yeah, die. I get, I, you know, I mean, well, it's implied. Yeah, no, she's well, definitely. But I dead, know. I guess like, no one's ever gone. She could be floating out there with a space helmet on. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who the fuck knows? But like, yeah, I think that like Holdo had that like that Holdo maneuver death was just like it was super shocking. But I don't know if it was an. Hey, you know was what? Emotional. Uh, I know Ben Ben's joking with oh, this, yeah. but I, when the Ewok gets smoked and the little guy comes up to it and he's taps like, on, he's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, no." I'll, but I'll honestly, give you that, like, ben. not that like if you think about the OT, like character deaths in the OT, there aren't many. Like Boba Fett obviously is not dead. Like he doesn't die. With Jabba the well, Hutt, who gives a fuck? Once, like <laughs> you know, one six has a a a relative point. I mean, the very first time you watch A New Hope and, and Obi Wan gets smoked, you are kind of like, oh shit, what, yeah, what are they going to do now? But but then immediately later. he starts he starts talking to Luke, and you are like, okay, well, I guess yeah. that's not that bad. Coming so. back to no one's really dead. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, like that's the thing in Star Wars is that like yeah, you have you have death, but like all of the impactful characters that die aren't really like Yoda's dead. Like Yoda dies, but Nick, Yoda's there's a still lot of people around. in the like, stream mentioning the Ewok. So I think that, that, yeah, makes I mean, that's gotta, I, that's that gotta is, take that it. is a legit moment. I, I, cause I remember as a little kid, I didn't used to like to watch that in particular. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's why I've always, you know, it's why empire is not my personal favorite empire did not sit with, sit well with me as a little kid. Cause it's so fucking depressing. But also like, at, like at the time when empire came out, it didn't sit well with anybody. Like, right. It did like it, go back and look at the coverage oh, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. empire. The, the, like you're right. People were it got, pissed. It almost got the last Jedi. Yeah. Like people were really, really angry that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. Like that whole twist, like people hated it. And like, like that was not as well received as you would imagine now when it's like, well, well you know what, Nick, I'm going to, I'm going to put a cork in this because we have a new special topic. Cause we got, there's people <laughs> throwing shit at me left and right. So <laughs> I, I love you all. This is definitely going to become its own topic. So we're going to go good deaths down. in Star Wars. Yeah. Impactful Star Wars deaths. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the or one De Devin good. might be right though. The, the best one might be Qui-Gon because of the impact that came from it. Well, I, I mean, Dave Filoni, the god of Star Wars, or, or the second god of Star Wars, has said if Qui-Gon would have lived, everything would have been hunky-dory. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Qui-Gon was 
meant to be the father figure to Anakin to keep him in line. He didn't need a brother to fuck him up. All right, I like it. Thank you, everyone. We that's definitely going to be a special topic in 2024. Kanan's another good one. One six, Qui Gon, the Ewok. I like it, but like I said, I, we, we're already getting too many, so this is a new topic itself. Travis Mitchell makes a good point here, Nick, about the K2SO death. Um, part of why it works is how much his voice is warbling as he's shutting down. It sounds like he's crying. Oh, yeah, also, yeah. how he's speaking like a robot but says goodbye shows some humanity. Yep. Yeah, hey, listen, I, I'm a guy that anytime you watch a movie that pits humans against AI and machines, I'm on team machine. Okay. Yeah. Like, like the creator, I would have moved to Asia. Matt's I would have left, the- left America because America was just going around the globe, blowing up every fucking robot they could see because they thought that they nuked us and, the, you know, whatever. Matt's running right alongside the T-1000 100%. after John Connor. He's like, yeah. fuck this kid. <laughs> I, I, when I, I'm telling you, any movie that, that comes up with that, that question of if AI becomes sentient, does it deserve to be treated like a, like a human being? I'm 100% yes. So, Yeah. Yay, machines. <laughs> All right, good stuff. We got a live motherfucking room tonight. Don't forget, yeah. Tuesdays usually, maybe we should just stick to Wednesdays. Who knows? YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. All right. Yeah, L3 is another one. Okay, guys, keep them going. We'll, we'll hopefully remember some of these and write them down. But we're going to move on to the next and last moment from Andor. Anyone want to take a guess? Tony uh, Gilroy, it made him famous. Oh, you mean Rogue One from the uh, hall, the hallway scene? You said yeah, Andor, yeah. Yeah, don't listen to me. Listen yeah, to hallway, Nick. Hallway scene, hallway scene, hallway scene. <laughs> but yeah, the, the the hallway scene, which apparently was added last minute. This was Tony's big contribution, and you know he talks about like he he literally saved the universe. And while it's definitely one of the greatest moments in all of Star Wars, I, I think Gareth did a, a pretty fine job on. Um, Rogue One before Tony was brought in, but you can't deny the the hallway scene. It kind of created a thing in Star Wars now, where a lot of characters now are getting uh, quote unquote hallway scenes. Yeah. Luke had one in Mando. Obi one had one in Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Mando uh, Din just had one in Mandalorian season three, sort of. Um, so it, it kind of kicked off a whole new uh, type of storytelling action scenes, at least for star Wars. Yeah. I mean, Gilroy definitely like watched some of the stuff that Marvel had put out, like Netflix, Marvel and, and like went that route. Like specifically the scene that I'm thinking about is the daredevil, like the, like really the, like one of the first, like, yeah, the Marvel Marvel Daredevil like where yeah. you got that it was a one shot yeah. meaning the camera never cut and yeah, that's beautiful yeah. work. So like that it it definitely had like some reminiscence of that and it it gave everybody what they were looking for from Vader which is like give Vader a Vader moment. And you know, we hadn't seen one and that was really the one that like if you watch Rogue One and see it all the way through right before A New Hope like you now understand why when this dude walks into the Tantive Four, it you know what happens and like why there's so much fear and respect and you know uh, just you know a black cloud that hangs over Vader's name because of you know something like that. So yeah, I need someone to edit in this scene right into my copy of A New Hope because I don't want to switch back and forth. <laughs> much more. I mean, it, it's okay. It works, but I just want a seamless 
right into Leia says it's hope and then bah, 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 her dad starts shooting her fucking ship up like that that that's just how we need that cut i mean we, we've got like the five hour revenge of the sith cut why can't we just add you know five minutes to a new hope thank you could be could be the good. collectible critic what up welcome oh hello, hello. must be a top fiver well hey stick around for some star wars we'll be doing the top five during the fan segment okay so nick this takes us out of rogue one into a new hope also mm-hmm. known as star wars and i just kind of talked about the scene but to me nick I, 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 when we're talking about a new hope you have to bring up literally the opening shot it yeah. changed cinema for the time you know no one had ever seen that type of ship that type of scale especially in a space movie uh, but i i'm also lumping that in with the the, the moment you just talked about the big guy blowing through the door, walking through and everyone just going like, Oh fuck, we're screwed. So yeah, uh, the, just the, the opening sequence from the end of these, the, um, the scroll to Vader's arrival on board, just peak star Wars. I mean, yeah. That, that's, that sucked us all in. That was it. I mean, that was the fucking first fishing line that he threw out there to suck us in for decades. Yeah, I mean, it set the tone for what we could expect from Star Wars. And it really, like, for a long time, like, Star Wars really kind of kept to that tone. And it, like, it it did a really good job of adhering to the storytelling structure that George put in place in the original trilogy and, and everything like that. And, like, that's the the scene that really... Or, like, that's the sequence that really kind of set everything up. And it wasn't just, like, the serious tone. It was also, like, you know... Uh, you get Leia's character, like you, you know Leia's character immediately as soon as she says a line. Like she's she, a badass. The, she's yeah. like, oh shit, you don't fuck with this lady. Yeah, like the <laughs> first thing she says to Vader, this huge, imposing, hulking figure that's just killed swaths of her men before getting up to her. She's like, oh, I see that you're off of Tar- Tarkin's leash. Like just complete, like with one line sets up that character for what, Leia would be for the next 40 years like just masterfully done um so yeah I mean it's hard to argue against the opening scene of of uh, a new hope for sure yeah and like you said it pretty much set the tone for how every Star Wars movie opens I mean I think there's only one movie where it scrolls up instead of down the opening shot yeah uh, Attack of the Clones, I believe, is the one where the camera pans up because the Padme ship is coming in the Coruscant versus I think all the other movies, it's a pan down. Huh. All right. Well, we got a question from B Matt. I want to no. ask you, Nick, here. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Are you guys for or against remaking the prequels in OT if it's a one for one? I guess one for one, like AI comes in and, and fixes all the, the VFX and just keeps Mark Carey and Harrison still there with their same lines. Okay. Same thing on the prequels, but like a complete recasting, I couldn't do it. I could, even on the prequels, I, could, I couldn't do it. I couldn't I could do it. I could 100% do it on the prequels. Um, I just don't, th- I think that the original trilogy is at a point to where you can't re like, I, I wouldn't remake the original trilogies because they're classics. The prequels are not classics. The prequels have a lot of issues that need to be fixed or that could be fixed. If you actually approached it with the lens of like, Hey, 
there are things in this story that are good that can be done better with better directing, with better acting, with better uh, special effects to enhance and not to overwhelm. Like there are, there's so much that could be done in the prequels that I would be down for a one-to-one remake. I mean, maybe not one-to-one though, because I would probably want somebody yeah, to do what, a pass. What you were saying was not a one-to-one. So. <laughs> no, but I mean like, but if you like, I feel like if you can take that film, you can take those films and you could keep the script and with a better filmmaker you could make better movies Ooh. straight up. Like, I, like I don't want to beat around the bush here because Opus, George did that. A, like George did a terrible job with those movies. Like the directing was awful and it was over CGI. Like they, they're like, if you don't think that that's fine, like that, this is my opinion. Right. Like AOTC I'm, I'm trying was trying to get my, my rain effect to show yeah. up on the screen. Like AOTC <laughs> was super over, over CGI to a point to where it's hard to watch. And then Vratz, he brings it down. Well, he might not even bring it down, but the CGI is just better. So it's not as wonky to watch, but there's, there's just line reads in there that are awful. And like, there are moments throughout all of the prequels that could, that could be better with somebody who knows how to work with actors better. And like, I don't think that I'm the first person to say that George Lucas is not the best director of actors. Like he, he isn't. (laughs) And if you had somebody on that set that could give better direction to the actors who all would go on, like Ewan McGregor gets Oscar nominated. Uh, Natalie Portman wins Oscars quite like Liam Neeson is, is one of the most badass. Yeah. Like one of the most (laughs) well-respected actors in the business. Even now, the only one that, that is really questionable in terms of like their, you know, like their acting ability was was Hayden Christensen and he was young he was coming off of some very good performances that had golden globe nominations and stuff like that but he was also working with with people who were working with him and i don't think that george did a good job of that like i just don't think that he he enhanced the performance of his no, actors he, he left them all hanging it, yeah. it just i'm telling you it, like even those of you that look at the prequels kind of like the way i look at the ot even though i i think i can critique the ot a bit better than you all you got to you got to go and really watch these movies again maybe wait maybe wait till you're in your 30s or 40s and and really come back and tell us that yeah those performances were solid they're just yeah. they're they're not i mean every every movie like Every movie has an awkward, like it has some sort of awkward line read, but like one line in ROTJ from Leia. I, I mean, I get that run, like run away, far away. Fine. But like every line read in AOTC is hard to listen to. Like in a, a majority of line reads and rots are hard to listen to, especially when you get yeah, towards would, the end. I like, would say rots is it gets even tougher. Yeah. Like there, there's just, there's so many bad line reads in those movies that it's like, it's unquestionable that those movies could be made made better. Like it's questionable that the OT could be made better. Like what with, like I said, give me an AI app and I just click a button and say, fix all the special effects. Yeah. I mean, make them, make them 21st century. And and that's all I would do to the OT. I'll, I'll, I'll go as far to say this too, in, in, uh, the prequels, like I would just, I'd remake them ground up. Like I would just, <laughs> I would, I would just start, I would just do it again. Like take the scripts, keep them, recast all of the characters and then get a good director in there 
and then just redo them. <laughs> like, that's it. Oh my God. I hope Opus finds that one. This one, I might have to actually just type in a keyword. Yeah. Redo prequels to make sure that Dude, just, just, just straight up redo them because like ah. the only, the, the only one maybe you keep is TPM. Like you keep TPM. The See, other two. I told you TPM's the best. Thank you. Because Nick, it's for, like for validating that, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm <laughs> but, not, Hey, I, I think this is hilarious. But it's I'm, just like, I like it when it's not me. That's, that's flamethrowing the prequels. It's good. It's good to have someone else. <laughs> is it flamethrowing it? If you're just like, it's not even flamethrowing it. If you're just like, Hey man, like these were poorly done. Like, I, like I'm not even shitting on George. I, like he just had his head was in it. Like you, you his, did say they could benefit from a better filmmaker. So, you know, oh, that's, I mean, <laughs> but that's like, it's, it's saying that like somebody it like, George Lucas is not a good I'm with director. Him, Listen, yeah, but I'm I'm normal and I can process your words and understand that it's not gospel. You understand? Yeah, no. I mean, when like, we play the universe, we play in my friend. There's not a lot of people that are sane. That's all I'm saying. So, oh yeah, I mean, that, I love that's it. why we I, I won't have Star to, Wars in ten years. Yeah, They'll be I can't finished wait to making see the, the comments on this one. <laughs> These old idiots are still screaming at the sky. <laughs> all right, I love it. Thank you for the question, B-Mad. That's why we do the live stream. You never know where the tangents will take us. So we are back covering our top moments from Andor, Rogue One, and the OT. We're in A New Hope. Moment two. I'll be interested your take on this one. But I, I put the Obi-Wan lies to Luke about his dad in the Clone Wars. And the reason I do is because this is the first time you get some exposition. You, you get a little character building, little world building. It's where George starts to lay kind of the fantastical side of Star Wars. Luke yeah. gets his lightsaber, stares at it. To me, it's a very important moment in the saga. And this is Anakin's former master finally taking his son under his wing and, and peeling a few from a certain point of view layers back on uh, his past as well as Luke's dad's past. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, this is essentially the line that creates the entire prequel trilogy, like thesis, like, like yeah. what happens there, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. This is literally, this is the Genesis of the clone wars. Yeah. So this is where it all comes from. It is a very pivotal moment because it, it not only like gives you the, the impetus for what would become the prequels, but it also just like sets the parameters for star Wars in general. Like you have to like everything in star Wars is seen from a certain point of view. Like, and that's why you have, I mean, as clunky and, and weird as it was at the end of rots, it's, it's so poorly written, but like they're, they're literally shouting over the river of lava at each other about points of view like literally to the point yeah. to where anakin says well from my point, my of, point view, of view it's the not. jedi are evil yeah, like, <laughs> which is just like look man when you go back and you talk about clunky writing when like that's really clunky like when you my <laughs> new empire <laughs> like when you when when the line read is literally like Okay, what we really want to say is like we want to say that like from my point of view that like this this is how I feel from my point of view. And George just writes down, "Well, from my point of view, I think that they are bad." Yeah, it's like, like George, oh, you, you, you don't you know, have like, to have them say point of view. You yeah, can you know, just write like the dialogue. Are, you could you could like <laughs> say it differently and much more eloquent. It's like, nope, this is the line. All right, well, okay. 
That's the line. Liar! <laughs> That's the line. I uh, hate you. Yeah. Um, I like this from Travis real quick. Ben lying to Luke is such a beautiful moment because even knowing the truth that was written later, again, because George <laughs> didn't know there's going to be five, five, six, one, two, three. Yeah. You can see it in his eyes during that one scene. And I, I agree with that. Like, you can, now that we know what we know, when, when Obi-Wan's dealing all that bullshit to Luke, it, you can tell that he is, it does look like Sir Alec Guinness was almost playing it as like, Hey, I, I know a lot more than I'm actually telling you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually telling you a bunch of nonsense just to, um, save the, the, the meat of the story for a rainy day. Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe after you get your arm cut off, we'll then tell you the truth. He's, te- he's teasing, he's teasing you getting some foreshadowing in there and everything. So, but yeah, I mean, that does, that, that is Plus, like a, a good, like set, like expectation setter for Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. I, it's, it's, it's something as a kid, I always remember it's like, wow, th- this was a very important moment. This is where I learned like, okay, this is more than just spaceships and laser guns. There, there's some fucking shit going on here. This guy's got a laser sword. Yeah. Ha, <sighs> what the hell was I going to say? I had something out there. Oh, well, probably not important. Moving. Oh, this scene also has some fantastic memes out right now for people using AI. <laughs> it's basically Obi-Wan just saying how stupid Anakin is. And then he he's like, you know what? You're a dumb fuck, too, essentially. It, it, it's, you really should go check it out. Look it up. Um, OK, next moment. A new hope. The trench run and specifically because I don't want to just say the whole fucking thing specifically to me, Nick, it's when it's down to Luke, R2, his dad and Vader's two wingmen. Yep. Uh, You know, he's got the targeting computer out. Obi-Wan comes over the the force comms. He's like, listen, motherfucker, you got to let go. You got to trust your feelings. And he, he turns it off back at, you know, Yavin 4. They're like, Luke, you all right? Turned off your targeting computer. He's like, yeah, I'm good. No big problem. You know, he's taking the deep breaths. Vader's closing in. I got you now. And he's like, oh, this is the force is strong with this one. He fucking shoots his buddy R2-D2 because apparently Vader doesn't remember anything from his past. It's only 20 years ago. But then out of nowhere, you hear over the comms, woohoo! Mm-hmm. You know, you're all clear now, kid. Take your shot. Let's go on home. Something like that. And, you know, yeah. he makes that shot. Han comes in, saves the day. It just, even now talking about it, I get all emotionally excited. It's just, it's another vintage standout Star Wars scene from the movie that started it all. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the, the trench run, like, you know, leading up to it before, even before you get to the moment where it's just Luke and then, you know, Vader and the wingman and then Han comes in like there's a lot of tension like the, oh, yeah. like, the like music the, dun, 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 it's like leading up to the force that theme kicks in yeah I mean it was fantastic like leading leading up to that you also have you, you like you see a ton of rebel pilots die like they, like they're dropping all of them like but flies. Wedge yeah Wedge like, was the only one who made it from uh, Red down. Squadron so it's like not only it's like not only is it like a, a tense moment once you get into the trench, but like getting to the trench, you're already down. Like you're like, fuck, this may not go well. Like this, this, this could end poorly for everybody. And they did it like they did a fantastic job well, of like executing. I think what it that. what it really is, Nick, it's okay, we all we all realize that Luke is special throughout the movie. Yeah. But it's not until this moment 
where his master comes over the force comms and and I, I feel it's the first time Luke really taps into the force. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time, you know, at 18, 19, whatever. So he, he really, he's like, all right, I'm listening, Ben, targeting computers off. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust my feelings. And there he skywalkers it. So I, it's just, it's a fucking fantastic moment. I love yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And obviously that's going to lead into the last one of A New Hope. And that is the celebration of Luke's big win. I, I don't know. I just... I think it's because this is the movie that started off for me. I obviously have a soft spot for it in some of its tentpole moments and the, the throne room celebration. It's, it's the music C3PO getting all shiny, seeing R2 doing his little dance after he's all fixed as a kid. That was big shit to me. Cause I'm like, no R2's dead. What the fuck? Uh, you know, obviously Chewbacca not getting his medal. That's problematic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a little fucked up. But it's just a great scene, and and it it would have served as a a a great final shot for Star Wars if George never had the opportunity to keep moving on. So we we got to think about it through that lens. This technically was going to be the last shot of Star Wars ever, and I just I think it was a great little uh, celebration moment, uh, one that they touch back on again, obviously in the Phantom Menace with its end. Yeah, yeah. I mean the. The moment they're like meeting up with with Biggs and you know, well, no, he wasn't big. We, yeah, Biggs was at the the celebration. Biggs is dead by now. No, he. No, he, I thought he, he. Okay. No, he gets blowed up. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, getting the money, having Han come back. I knew you were more than just about money. Yeah, and all that honest, stuff. Just, you know, it was it like that scene itself sets up the the squad for the right. movies moving forward. You know, like. They were all there. Han was there. Leia was there. But like, honestly, that movie could have ended and everybody could have gone their separate ways and it would have made sense. Hold um, on, Nick. We have a new, we have a young Star Wars fan that has their shit together. John Mitchell <laughs> saying that is the greatest moment in Star Wars. Trunch Ren Climax, A New Hope. And I'm 23 and grew up with the prequels Clone Wars. So I mean, the, it the, can be done. It can be done. Yeah. I mean, the trench. Thank run, you, John Mitchell. Yeah. The trench run is one of those special moments. And I think that at the time too, it wasn't special just in terms of like the narrative and how they they told the story in it. But it was also like, oh, visually, this is Yeah, visually that was was never done before. I mean, that was insane. I mean, it just set the bar to a point to where it's like, okay, like this is... This is no longer like we're we're no longer in stop motion territory right. anymore. Like we're we're in a new era of filmmaking. So yeah, it was it was insane. Love it, love it, love a new hope. Even though it it looks old, I mean you can tell. I mean, a new hope even compared to its brother and sister looks different because he was shooting on a budget like shoestring. And then he made a ton of money on licensing and whatnot. And yeah, that's why, touch, that's why Empire and Return of the Jedi look like movies where yeah, a new hope like, almost looks like a home movie at this point in time. I mean, dude, if you think about where that movie, t- like where, where a new hope takes place, it's like you're in the middle of the Jordan desert for yeah. a good T- stretch. Tunisia. I mean, all, yeah. all that shit's in Tunisia. So like just in a desert and then you're on like, you're, you're on like small sets after that, like small backlot sets. Yep. And that was it. Like there, like you didn't have these like wide sweeping on location shots. You didn't have anything like that. It's like, you're in the desert. Everybody's dying because it's 112 degrees outside. And then you have like 
And then you're some, and, some and then studios like after that, at Pinewood or, or, or yeah, leaves like, in or whatever. Yeah, like you're 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 on a back lot on the Death Star, and like you're probably in a relatively small room. So yeah, and then after that, definitely steps up uh, in terms of the the location quality and everything else. So yeah. All right. Yeah, John Mitchell. John Mitchell. That's why I close the sh- the show the way I do. Remember, the Force will be with you always. That's right. Comes from my man, Obi-Wan Trunchren. <laughs> All right. So this is going to take us out of A New Hope into Empire, the one that most people laud as the greatest Star Wars movie of all time. Clearly, Nick, in Empire, you have to start with the Battle of Hoth. It's probably one of the most recreated scenes in all of Star Wars, from art to video games to whatever. I mean, you can almost... Back in the day, if a Star Wars game was coming out, you were going to have a Battle of Haas segment. It's just how it went. Uh, but also just the, the visuals, those at-ats, the chicken yeah. walkers. You, you really got to see for the first time truly like, yeah, the Empire is not to be fucked with. And the Rebellion truly is just a small band of rebels. I mean, they just got their asses handed to them. Yeah. And it just, it, it just, it, those at-ats are forever ingrained in in my mind as one of the coolest looking space vehicles ever created. Yeah, I mean, from the beginning, like from A New Hope, one thing that George did right out the gate, and we talked about it, is like, it set the scale. Like, that opening scene that we talked about for A New Hope, like, the, the panning down the ship and all that, like, he's setting the scale. He's like, look how big the Empire is versus look how small the re- yeah, like exactly. the Rebellion is. Same thing with when they approach the Death Star. It's like, oh, my God, it's so big we thought it was a moon. Like, he's setting the scale. But when it really feels the most impactful is definitely with those AT-ATs. Like, when there are rebel forces that are literally running on foot up to these AT-ATs <laughs> that are 300 feet tall. Right. Like... You don't, there's no, nothing you can feel other than overwhelmed. Like they're flying these snow speeders out and these snow speeders are the same size as the foot of the AT-AT. Like, right. They, they had nothing to defend. I mean, their nothing. turrets were ineffective. The snow speeders were ineffective. The only reason they could take them out is by tripping them and then shooting them after their shields were down when they were on the ground. So yeah. it, it just, it was a great, it's, it's one of the most iconic probably the most iconic battle in in star wars even more than that opening shot of rots because I, this is just much more focused it's not as scattered it's not a space space battles are easy to, to make look interesting ground battles in space now that's a little more difficult so battle of hoth number one mm-hmm. sticking with empire going with my man yoda this is the whole do or do not there is no try this is where he proves to whiny ass bitch luke that hey it doesn't matter how big you are you just got to believe son and it's still a moment that stands out to me from empire when yoda's like all right i'm gonna flex on this little whiny (laughs) asshole show him show him what's up you know luke is just bad attitude bad attitude bad attitude and yoda just goes all right time out hold my beer lifts the shit out you get a, a fantastic rendition of Yoda's theme mixed with the Force theme, feels all around, and Luke just, is just like, he, he, he's just dumbfounded. His jaw is agape, and he's like, well, yeah, I am a little whiny bitch then. So I, I'm a big fan of Yoda kind of showing Luke and, and just showing him through action to shut the fuck up and have a better mindset. Yeah, I think that like, 
in in that scene, it really shows you like the power that the force can hold, you know, because up until that point, like we had seen small uses of it, you know, like Obi-Wan using it to distract some some, right. you know, stormtroopers. We saw like, you know, Luke pulling his lightsaber yeah, in the Wampa Cave. In, in the Wampa Cave and stuff like that. And that looked hard at the moment where, you know, but then when you see Yoda do that, you're like, oh, there's a lot like it, it also shows you like there's a lot that Luke has left to learn. Yeah. There's a lot that he still doesn't understand. And uh, if he doesn't like change his tone to it, then there's definitely going to be some uh, some questions <laughs> in terms of his ability to to really grow in the force. So, yeah, I think. Hey, that- and then the scene Nick comes full circle in the rise of Skywalker when. Luke now acting again completely differently than he was in The Last Jedi, much more jovial, likes his lightsaber again. He raises it out of the pond for Ray to take over Red Five. So, yay. But no, this was great. Ben, I, I gotta I gotta address this, Ben. This is you're not wrong, Ben. Uh this is who I affectionately call Hobo Yoda when they first meet him. And he he kinda is purposely acting like a fucking goon. He's he's stealing Luke's little sausage meals. He fights <laughs> R2 over a light. It, it is a memorable moment, but not necessarily one that really stands out outside of, you know, nutty fanboys like myself and you. But it, it is a classic. I love Hobo Yoda and how he just fucks with Luke all the way up until they're in the hovel. Just fucking with him, like really trying to feel out this punk. And it, as, he, as he's sitting in the hovel, hearing Luke bitch again, he reaches out to Obi-Wan like, I told you, dickhead, should have went with Leia. This guy's a fucking idiot. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, watching Hobo fight R2 over the light and then eating Luke's meat stick. Yeah. Quality. That that was really funny. It was a good no, misdirect no, on no. that. No, no, no. He's like, do, 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 mine, mine, mine. All right. It's just funny to see the Grandmaster act like a complete lunatic. And you have to think that he, he might have slipped into that hobo persona more often than not, spending 20 plus years in that swamp alone. Which, again, does everyone know why Yoda went to Dagobah, right? It's because it has a huge dark side presence and that was blocking his light from being found. Okay, good. All right. Sticking on with Empire. A classic one here. I love you. I know. Uh, this is a, an unscripted line from Harrison, but it was perfect for the character. It shows you that even though Harrison hates Han Solo, deep down he 100% understood the character and was perfect at acting him out. It's just, it, it's one of those iconic moments from Star Wars that even non-Star Wars fans probably know. Oh yeah. I mean, this is this is the most famous line read from Star Wars. I was trying to think if there was another well, I, one. I am your father, Mike. Yeah, it's like this. They're close. But the thing is, is I am your father is not a line. Like, that's the most misquoted line in history. Like, that's not the line. So the line read that they're going for, and that is, no, I am your father. But everybody who is like, you know... They casual just said, Star Wars. I am your father. They, they say, Luke, I am your father, which is wrong. Into a, into a spinning fan. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, I think that like the, the, the most properly read one is definitely the, uh, I love you. I know one. And this, this is another <laughs> way, even to this day, I, I, I almost revert back to little fat Matt, but this scene and when Han is being tortured, I did not like that 
as a little kid. Did not like it. I would almost close my eyes. My mom reminded me because she was up here. She's like, you know, you used to not watch these scenes. And I guess the rancor really fucked me up too as a kid. But I love you. I know I hated watching Han get lowered and the, the, the carbonite steam came up. It just really messed with me as a kid. I'm telling you, this is why Empire is not my number one because it did some fucking trauma to my little head for some reason. I don't yeah, know no, why just, the, the thumb up graphics coming up, but I'll take it. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird. It's like if I make certain hand gestures, shit just starts showing up on my feed. Yeah, I think that they they that's some sort of weird update. But anyway, but yeah, like like ESB is one of those movies that like and that's why everybody now is like, oh, middle movie's gonna be the sad movie. Like that's what set the precedent for that. Or middle movie's gonna be the one where the bad guys don't get out as 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 good as the first movie. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, ESB is, is iconic because it, it did that. It, like it set that precedent in cinema where it's like, oh, you know, like your whole, you know, film series doesn't have to be like good guys win, good guys win, good guys win. You can, you can add in some losses there and like build some dramatic tension and, and, you know, like put, put your heroes on the back foot and make them struggle back. And I think that's why a lot of people look at that movie as, as the best star Wars movie of all time, because like it didn't do something just for star Wars. It did something for all of cinema. Um, that was different than, than what had happened previously. So yeah, I mean, that's like ESB continues to be my favorite star Wars film. And it's because it just like, it like takes what you expect and it flips it on its head. Like you expect like another win for the good guys. Like they're slowly chipping away at the bad guys. Like this is like, we'll win at the end of this movie and then we'll get the big win at the end of six. And then they don't like they, they lose in a pretty fucking big way. Like all throughout the movie too. Like, it's not like win, win, win loss. It's like, no, we lost. They, we they lost start, again. They start lost losing. Again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the only win is at the end that, that somehow the Skywalker twins aren't both completely maimed and dead. Like that, yeah. That's really the only the only takeaway from Empire. And uh, they, they, they added a Lando to their forces. Although, as I'm reading the comics, which is covering the time in between Empire and Return of the Jedi, Lando, he, let's just say he wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to become a rebel. He, he actually did some pretty heinous shit while he was with the rebels, selling out some secrets and whatnot. So... But that's why we love him, right? He is that type of scoundrel. Well, <laughs> it should be no guess here. The, the next and last top moment from Empire. The no, I am your father. And, and really, Nick, you, you could lump the, the duel from the start. I was trying to pick like a, a particular moment. But I, I do think the, the standout moment from this duel, it, it's tough. It's either... Right at the beginning, when Vader's just kind of sitting there waiting for him, that that's a pretty cool scene. The, the, the lighting's cool. The the dialogue's pretty rad. But then, obviously, once Vader's like, all right, enough playing with this little bitch. Beats him down enough. He's got him hanging on, and then he drops the lore knowledge on him. Yeah, I mean... The, yeah, the the best moment is is that. Like, he's hanging there, his hand's cut off. No! Like finding out that he's your father like that that was that was the moment that really like captured the imagination of everybody else and really the ire of people who saw it in the theaters like that moment is what everybody was like 
it's like, why would you do that? This is awful. This is a terrible decision, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like it was like people fucking hated it hardcore. And you know, like now it's one of the most iconic moments in movie history, but, but back then people truly hated that. And I think that, you know, it, it still lives on to me as the best moment yeah, of that movie. It, right. It, it Honestly, the line there, it, it, I don't want to say it's throwaway. It, it, it's a huge lore thing. But all the dialogue up before that gave you much clearer insights into who Darth Vader was, is, and what he's thinking. Because, I mean, he throughout the whole battle, he's essentially pleading or laying out to Luke, like, listen, we, you and me, we, we can do this shit. He he was starting a Sith, right? He was starting to do. He was he was learning. He was doing what a Sith should do, and that is trying to figure out a way to kill his own master. And he was trying to sell that to his son without his son knowing their true connection together. And at the end, he kind of drops it on him. I don't know. I don't know why Vader thought that telling him that would help his case, but at least he got it off his chest. And clearly, a super super memorable scene and line if spoken correctly yeah yeah for sure as a kid i thought owen and bruce corpses were humping when we saw them (laughs) their bones Uh, (laughs) the bones hey ben if 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 they didn't cut that scene yeah i probably would have put it in there but but sai is no longer like her song's no longer in the movie so (laughs) it's tough and i wasn't gonna go back and watch my 480p version of the og return of the jedi all right speaking of rotj the best star wars movie according to me but it really is i'm gonna throw a few at you that you you might be like okay whatever but i'm going with the emperor's arrival at death star 2 it's a cool looking scene for sure it's it's a spectacle it's the first time you see the emperor in in flesh he was just well technically he was a, a dude with monkey eyes before ian was dubbed in but nick really it it kind of shows you the power of the empire, just looking in the hangar, seeing all the troops, all the gear. But what stands out is this the first time you really get to see how big of a bitch Vader is when it comes to his master. I mean, as soon as he walks down the ramp, he's on one fucking knee like, yeah, 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 boss. Yeah, boss. Yeah, boss. You got it. Anything, boss. I'll shut up. I'll do whatever you tell me. You know everything. Even uh, it was a Gergerod, the the admiral, or whatever. Even he he just completely changes his tone and the way he acts when the emperor shows up. And if you can think back all the way to '83 when it first came out, it was it was huge. It's like, oh, there he is. There's the guy. We finally we've been hearing about this dude, and there he is. And sure as shit, Vader just turns into a little kid when he's around him, and will bend knees and do whatever he says. So. Uh, I, I really enjoy this moment, even if half of the shot is just a painting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> like literally people just standing there, not moving, but yeah, I mean, it sets, you know, up until that point, we had never seen the emperor in person. Like, like we had never like understood what his presence meant to those people's like around him. And then, you know, you get to see it for the first time. It's insane how, like everybody essentially grovels to this person, even the guy who is seen choking out his own men and and just indiscriminately killing, you know, exactly. like this guy, you know, Vader turns into, like you said, like a child at, at the sight of he's, the he's emperor. He's no longer so. Tommy tough guy when Sheev is in the same room. Yeah. And it's it. like, 
that has an effect when you have an established character like Darth Vader essentially cower to this other dude. Like it's. And you know what I'll say about this, Nick, this is also one of the moments where I, I can make the one to one connection from Anakin Vader prequel to this. Yeah. You know, this, this feels like it's the same guy where there's other parts of the OT because of how Vader became Vader. I don't feel like it's the same guy, but this, this one I can, I can see Anakin in the chancellor's office, getting on his knee saying, yes, my master for the first time. It's like, yep, that's the guy in the armor. He's still doing it 20 plus years later. Yeah. Woo. All right. Moving on with return of the Jedi. I like the way Nick phrased this one, the sail barge bonanza. <laughs> and and I couldn't agree more. It, it, it's really, if we want to zero in on the, the exact moment, I'd say when the, when the music starts, the dump, 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 dump. You know, Luke is checking all his cues. He's like, all right, Lando, you ready? Yeah. R2, you ready? You ready? ready? Chewy, yeah. you got it? All right, I'm going to go do my thing and, you know, do some fucking <laughs> gymnastics. You're going to shoot my lightsaber out. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to wave it around. I'm not really going to strike anybody. I'm going to miss a high <laughs> kick on someone that's so clear. It's funny looking <laughs> these days. And I'm going to make Boba Fett look like a fuck the bozo he was. So it's just, it, it's a great scene. Like the, the music sets the stage as any great moment in Star Wars that's, that's why John's the dude and Star Wars never would be as powerful as it is without him. But you also, Nick, this is a whole new Luke, right? He's no longer whiny. He's not like his dad was in an attack of the clones. He he's more reserved. He seems more focused. He seems more confident in himself becoming a Jedi, even though he's lying to everyone and saying he's a Jedi Knight. It's not until he actually beats his dad that he can earn that title. But it was a good look at Luke being who we thought Luke would become after getting some training with Yoda and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that Luke, like it's like, it's not really the culmination of Luke's journey, but it's like, I've gotten to a point now to where like he's confident in his abilities. He's leading a mission instead of being on a mission. Exactly. Like he is, He's got that confidence, like he feels like he's done enough with Yoda and like Yoda is kind of, you know, you know, Yoda probably knew like, you're not ready, but I can't tell you you're not ready. Oh, oh, he does. (laughs) He does. No, he comes back and he's like, yo, I'm fucking Jedi, right? And Yoda's like, fuck you, you are. Yeah, it's like there is another. Don't worry. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> he said, "Hey, Luke, you know, you're. I can tell you're a little wonky. You get a little arrogant, a little cocky. You spend a long time on a fucking moisture farm. So, <laughs> you, yeah, you go ahead. You call yourself a Jedi. I, I got your sister in mind. She can go ahead and do the important shit, pal. But yeah, you're a Jedi, sure. Oh man, uh, but yeah, yeah. All right, that what was else we one. got here? Yeah, the the uh, sail barge bonanza, good stuff. All right. Well, speaking of Leia, Luke and Force Ghosts and how they would jerk him around, I have uh, Luke learning about Leia on Dagobah. Yoda kind of sets it up and then Luke confirms it by talking with Obi-Wan. And, and if you can't tell, I am a big fan of scenes that hash out lore in Star Wars. It's everything for me. So I, I love this moment even to this day because it then gets paid off on in the throne room duel. And it's what sends Luke to the dark side for a little bit once Dater, uh, Dater, Dad Vader, Dad Vader. S- sniffs it out and, and tries to use it against Luke, but it backfires and actually gives Luke the edge he needs to win. Yeah. 
I mean, it it was a really like it was a really good moment between those two characters. It also like has the side effect of being funny because it's like that's where it's like you kiss your sister like <laughs> comes from like yeah. I, um but it was it was one of those moments where it was like we do have a special connection but the special connection is that we're we're brother and sister we both have the force you know all this stuff vader is also your dad as well like it was a good like it didn't feel like a lore dump at the moment because it wasn't like an overly long conversation right. scene but the, the results of that conversation it ended up being like a huge lore dump. Um, and it, it really did kind of set the scene for like, you well, know, and, like and you this, this is also where, stuff, so this is where Kenobi drops his famous, well, Hey Luke, calm down, pal. From a certain point of view, I was, I was telling you everything. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah everything like, was on the up and up. Don't worry about it. Certain point of view. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I still contend, you know, when they're in Yoda's hovel and he's dying and he says there's another Skywalker, even as a kid, I went right to Leia. Yeah. I, know, I mean, I know I guessed it. I know it I was did. really hard at that moment too, to see like what other options there were, you know, like what was like, who, like, was it going to be Han? No, it just like, didn't make any sense for it to be Han. So like of the characters that are left remaining in the film, it, it was like, well, who else could it be? <laughs> who else could it be? Hey, when but I was yeah. when I was yeah. three or four, I was proud. Yeah, of I mean, when you saw it in the theaters, you know, See? very. I, I've been I've been predicting lore since I was in diapers. People that the, some of you are like, man, you know, you're you're not too bad at these speculation guesses and whatnot. Well, it's been with me since birth. <laughs> okay, ROTJ, we love you. Moving on. One of the greatest scenes in all Star Wars, hint, hint, maybe my number one. You never know, but I'm going with Luke V. Vader in the throne room, specifically the moment I just talked about. Luke is hiding underneath the steps. Vader starts to taunt him. Vader sniffs out Luke's secret about Leia, and Luke's like, all right, enough's enough. No! Runs out. He's like, wah, 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 and just beats the shit out of his dad. I mean, it is it is amazing. I mean, the duel's great. They, they got the high ground callback, which is like it really is a thing. And, you know, Luke's up the top. Vader walks in like, oh, Obi Wan's taught you well. But Vader slowly walks up to match him, so he can't have the high ground. But to me, Nick, it's dark side. Luke beating down Daddy seeing that scarred circuitry hand and going, oh shit, I, I almost just did what he did, but I'm better than him. I am a Jedi, just like my father before me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was the first, you know, like that was one, the first time that we've seen Luke really kind of dip into. Just went, no, I mean, he goes yeah. ham. The dark side, like you can see the anger on his face. Yeah, swinging and, it like a sledgehammer, man. Yeah, he's just like wah, wah. Yeah, and and like having the wherewithal and the presence of mind to to pull back at the last moment. I mean, it was it was a it was a really special uh, moment for both of those characters because I I think at that moment too, you know, that's when Vader realizes like, okay, like this kid isn't me. Like I can't, like, I'm not going to like, he's not going to come to the dark side for some bullshit. Like he, yeah. like that's when he realized, like, I like my son 
is his own person and is better than me. My son right. is he's not. He's than not me. redeemed yet. I, I still believe Vader redeems when he's watching his son almost get killed. You got to remember, Vader lets Luke get electrocuted a lot, like to the point where he's fucking smoking out of his shirt collar before he goes, no, and, and chucks him. And really, you, you could tap that into this scene as well. The reason I left it out is because of the no now, but that used to be... Really, Luke beating his dad to win and then his dad redeeming himself to save Luke, that that is Star Wars for me. And it's because of, you know, all my fucked up issues with my own dad. It just I, I love it. I mean, it, it's life. It is life because I've always looked at my dad as a villain and, and me as someone who could try to help him. Unfortunately, it didn't end like Luke and Vader, but I, I still have those thoughts. It still reminds me of Star Wars, watching with my dad, getting into it. Um but yeah, the no, the no tempers, Vader's, Vader's re return a bit, but it, it's still just a, a beautiful moment in Star Wars start to finish. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, it's, it's one of those moments that like, that really like when he's talking to his father, especially after they take the helmet off, it's like, you see a side of a character well, that you never we're, we're knew. We're not existed. there yet, Nick. Oh, okay. That might be the final okay. scene. Okay, that since, might be the last. I went a little, jumped a little too far ahead. Jumped a little too yeah. far ahead. Well, you're you're right because I mean, it really, you you could say the the throne room all the way to Luke shooting out of the blowing up Death Star two is just top Star Wars. Uh, I was trying to keep specific scenes, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the one to end on here is you know, Luke lugging his dad out, laying him down on shuttle Tidarium's uh, ramp and, and Vader just saying, Hey, just for once, let me look on you with my own eyes. Yeah. And then Luke's like, come on, man, I can save you. And he's like, you already have Luke. You were right about me. Tell your sister you were right. It's yeah. fucking life. Like that is, it's like, Oh my God, star Wars can be emotionally, uh, sound, George can elicit emotions every once in a while. And that's one of the scenes. It's still, it's just like, fuck Luke did it. Vader's back. Now he's dead. But it, it, it's such a beautiful moment when Vader recognized, like you did it. You were right. You saved me, my son. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a moment you never thought that you were going to see, especially when you were first introduced to Vader and in, in the Tana four, like, you know, we, that was one of the, the scenes that we talked about before. And, you know, seeing that character and seeing that character's stoicism all the way through and like his unflinching desire to get his son to to not join his son. Like that's that's not what Vader was trying to do. Vader wasn't trying to join his son like Vader was trying to get his son to join him or like, kill him. Yeah. Like Vader was unwilling to switch back to the dark to the light side. He was either like you're coming to the dark side or. Yeah. One or both of us are dying. That was his, that was his option that he laid before Luke and in like against all odds, Luke was able to on his deathbed, you know, bring him back to the light, redeem him so he can have his, uh, his moment as a force ghost and, and, and live on through the force. And it was just something that like, when you start watching star Wars at, for the first time in the beginning of a new hope, you're like, well, there's no way that this is a good guy that that Vader could right. potentially be a good guy at some point in this sh in this series. Like, you never expected that to happen. It, it's just, it, I mean, it, it's rough if you think about what these characters are going through. Let's pretend they're real. You know, Vader has just spent 
20 plus years in a walking nightmare. Like literally. Yeah. He's been trapped in a suit of armor that keeps him alive and he's been made to feel nothing but hate, pain, fear, and anger. His son, on the other hand, can't see that. He does not see that in his father. All he sees is Anakin. Even after he beats his ass on Bespin and maims him, he still's like, no, I know you're there. You know, even before Vader took him to the Emperor, Luke tried again. He's like, listen, man, yeah. I know you're good. Yeah. You will not do this. And Vader's like, hey, I appreciate you. Obi-Wan once thought that way, but nope, I'm taking you to the Emperor. And he does. Um, but slowly but surely, Luke gets to him. And, and both when they, right when they achieve their mega goals, he, he has to die. And, and that, you know, that's got to be rough for Luke, rough for Anakin. It's just, it's, it's fucking beautiful. <sighs> it was beautiful. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly, I think the, the way, the reason he truly dies is because he got, his gear got so fucked from oh, electricity. Oh yeah, like he, he was dead as soon as he got electrocuted. Yeah, like it just, he, 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 he couldn't survive that. Like he, 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 probably, he didn't have Ray there to heal him either. Yeah, so. <laughs> he probably could have survived with just the, the damage that Luke did to him. But like, yeah, once the circuitry got fried, he was, he was, was done, Yeah, you, so. you can't, you can't lose all of your limbs, your ability to breathe on your own. You need a suit, and then you you electrify your suit after having your ass kicked by your son. It's it's not a good combination to to live. So, yeah, yeah. it was a bummer, but I, I love the moment peeling the mask off. All that, Jesus, just fantastic. It's too bad they don't dub in Hayden's face now, right? Yeah, <laughs> just do right, just no, overlay it. And the last one here. And I know I'm cheating, Ben, because I didn't include Psy, but I I am including Yubnub just because I, I can't let it go. <laughs> but Yubnub, when it was in existence, was the better musical ending. I know some of you like touring the galaxy. Sure, it looks like shit. If you haven't seen it in a while, go look at it again. But the, the Victory Celebrations theme compared to Ewok Celebration is dog shit. It's All right? like... It was so weird for me the first time that I saw it without the Ewok celebration. Yeah, because exactly. It was like, it's jarring. It's jarring. It was such a, like, it was such a tone setting moment, you know, like everything's finished. We finally done it. And like it, I, like, I understand George's point of view. Like the, the, the celebration felt too small scale for the scale of the victory that was won. But man, like it, it just like it had such a rhythm to it, like the 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 celebratory like uh, scenes that were happening between the Ewoks and between the heroes and the dancing and all this stuff. And like the final shot, you know, Bro, being they even with time up them, the drum like, beat like, like you, yeah. you know, you, the Ewoks are playing drums are playing helmets. All that matches perfectly in Ewok celebration. Yeah. I mean, like they they really knocked it out of the park when bringing that particular song and that particular celebration to life in that movie. And like when they changed it, it just felt like it kind of felt like what was to come in the sequels, you know, like I don't want to shit on it too hard, but like, it was just like, it's just CGI to be CGI. And it's just yeah. like, it was just like, and, I and the, and the music sucks. I mean, it is a terrible song. It's just da, a very da, generic. Da, yeah. Da, la, da, 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 da. It's like, what is this shit? 
We're on a fucking planet with murder bears that have uh, uh, skin drums and helmets. That's the fucking song we should hear. Yub yeah. nub. If you look at the translation, this, the song is all about like, we've got our peace, our freedom. We love our friends. Yay. I mean, it's that's what it should be. Hey. Fuck. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, I mean, like. If I don't know who did the song, I, like I don't know if it was if if, if George got in John. touch with John. I, I and, think it's and, fucking John, and it's one of, like John should never take credit for for the, yeah that, that that but it was just like it just didn't feel the same, you know. Like it it felt so much more. It just felt so much cheaper than the yeah. than the yes. Ewok celebration. It, it completely cheapens the end of Jedi, hundred percent, and then that gets compiled with you know, Frank and Anakin ghost Anakin, <laughs> where they literally just take Hayden's head and plop it on Sebastian's neck. Yeah. He's weird. in the wrong tunic. Like I, I get it. at this point in time. Yes. Force ghost Anakin should be his form when he fell. I, that's fine. Just give us that. Then pour it over the dude from Ahsoka and slap that sticker right over top that abomination return of the Jedi. And I'll at least feel a little bit better about that. Um, but the, the way it is now, like quasi Anakin Shaw is just like pfft, Hayden Shaw, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's just kind of lumps into the jarring feel that this new song gives you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my friend, it's time for the personal top fives. Now that we made it through, we always start with young Nick here. Indeed. So Nick's number five, Vader V Luke on Bespin. Yeah. I think for me, like that was the first time like the first like even before that like when they walk into the room like when they walk into the dinner hall and Vader's sitting there at the table like it was just such a stark moment and then that fight on Bespin is like Luke's feeling good he like he's feeling confident and just to watch him be systematically broken down by his father in a way that is almost embarrassing. Like, oh, he's, he's toying they, with them they, like yeah. a cat does with their prey. And like the, the one moment that always sticks out to me is like when they're in the hallway, they're right by the, the window and then Vader just lowers his saber and then just uses the force to completely overwhelm Luke. And at that point, it's just like Luke looks like a little kid just like swinging <laughs> so, like around. He's like, I have no idea. Like, I'm out of my depth. I don't know what to do. I could possibly die here. Like, it was such a like it was such a skill mismatch once it got going that like it's just so fun to watch and how that scene moves too. like. It starts in the carbon freeze chamber. Then it moves through that like circular lit hallway. And then it moves into basically what's the staging area before they're on the platform over the drop. Like the way that it moves, the way that each scene, like each scene that it moves from and into looks different than the last one and how it all seamlessly comes together and and obviously the way that it ends, I mean, it's just it's fantastic. Would you would you agree with it? It's kind of the original trilogy's Battle of the Heroes. That's kind of like where that, you're right. It kind of changes environments, and there, it's it's a it's more than just a dance. They're they're actually like walking through a building almost, fighting yeah. through a building. You get you get different backdrops, different settings, different yeah. things to deal with. Yeah, exactly. I mean that that's kind of what I was gonna like make a comparison to is that final battle in rots and, and 
like it does have that feeling. Like it, it evokes that same kind of feeling because of the sheet, like the scene shifts and stuff like that. So I mean, like to me, that that one is just like it's so hard to beat in terms of like that's my that's I mean that's my that's my number one. I think you that, put it as my number five, but you that I think I okay. listed it as my number one. I, I just Other went thing. from yeah, top yeah. to bottom. So, well, all right, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll reverse these. This is <laughs> pretend five is one. So that's, that's <laughs> Nick's one. Here comes Nick's two, the trench run finale. Yeah. Yeah. Trent, trench run, a new hope. <laughs> like I was saying, when we were talking about yeah, we'll it, we'll have to use numbers next time, not bullets. Oh, I thought like mine does have number. I don't know. Maybe I did something uh, okay, wrong or I read it, something it, wrong, whatever. <laughs> anyway, trench run, a, a new hope. Like we talked about it before. Yeah, right. It was, okay. it was really the first time that like Luke, Luke didn't understand the force before. No, like it's it, when he becomes the dude. Yeah. Like he, he finally understand, like understands like, Oh my God, this is what it can do. And then, as I said before, like the dramatic tension, even just leading up to before he gets in the trench and then, yeah, it was just. Yeah. Just amazing. Amazing. All right, this is your number three at least. So Throne, yeah, that, Throne, that works Throne out, room right? Three. Throne room is three. <laughs> well, we just talked uh, about that one. So. Yeah, we just talked about it. Obviously, one of the here's you know, your four. Sarlacc, <laughs> Sarlacc pit for me is four only because of just it almost feels like a Benny. Like if you put the Benny Hill music over that, it would still fit perfectly. <laughs> it's just like, and like i don't like i don't even think that there is a scene in star wars even up to this day with all the new stuff that like compares to that scene because it's it's pure chaos it's like the in the sail barge everything's going to shit and in the hot slayer doing her thing yeah the the droids falling off the barge you got Bozo Fett getting taken out by yeah, it's just, a, a it's, blind guy. <laughs> it's so fun to watch because it's like, what the fuck's going to happen next? A yeah. blind guy just killed this one dude. Somebody got hit in the head with a lightsaber and just fell over. Yeah, like no you problem. said, the, the, the missed kick. The 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 Han like does everyone know dang. what we're talking about? The, the miss kick is awesome. Like yeah. Mark Hamill himself has brought it up, but you got it, it's one. I think it's when he's transitioning between the skiffs. He kicks a dude and misses him by like ten C- feet. Completely, completely. But he, the dude still falls. Like the you could scene, argue like the, it's the first use of force kung fu. I yeah, guess. For, right? Yeah, yeah. Terrace Kasi comes in, <laughs> but. But like the scene where fucking Han and Land like Lando's hanging off of the the plank and Han is there blind. I thought like, you can't see. Trying to catch like it's so dude. It's just Boba so Fett. many things. Boba Fett, where? Where? <laughs> Boom! Ah! It's just it's just so wild. It's just so fun to watch because there's so much random shit happening. Man. It's so wild. Man. Oh man. R-O-T-J, number one. And Nick's number five. My number five, Hoth Battle ESB, like we were saying before. Just like feeling, like that was the first time where it really, you could feel like, oh, the the Rebels are fucked. Like they don't stand a (laughs) chance. close, dude. Yeah. You had like the Jedi, he got one one AT-AT down, but even even his ship got blowed up. Yeah, after that, it was just over. I'll give Tra- Travis Mitchell laying down his here. I, I I'll give him the uh, Han bullshitting over the comms in A New Hope. That is pretty. Oh classic. yeah, that is funny. That is that's <laughs> no always a, that's always a funny yeah, scene. No, we're dude. fine. Uh, all right, I, I'm pretty sure I ordered mine correctly. 
That is a good point, Bat. I, I thought about that too when I was rewatching this. Bat saying here on the stream, the Sarlacc can pull in a ship but not Lando. You know, <laughs> he's Lando's right, hanging on. In the book of Boba Fett, you remember Boba Fett goes back and has a final fight with the Sarlacc in the ship and drops a, a seismic charge in there to win. So, but it, yeah, it could not pull the Slave One down, or it could, but it could not pull Lando because he's got a massive hog. Lando's Jack, dude. Yeah, Can't I mean he's. You guys should see what he's got, what he's packing down there. They don't call him Mr. Colt 45 for nothing. All right, here's my top five. A little bit different. We share a few. My number five, Luthen's monologue. Just beautiful writing, beautiful delivery by Stellan. He is a hero. I can't wait to see him in Dune 2 as the big fat fuck. All right. My number four, Battle of Hoth. Yeah, that's it. It's Battle of Hoth. It's awesome. Three, Trench Run finale as we said this is where luke kind of figures out the secret sauce he's got flowing through his ball sack my number two just for once let me look on you with my own eyes the the death of vader and my number one obviously the throne room victory it's just too many ties to my past the weird shit with my dad it just it it, it, it just speaks my language so there you go, everybody. That's the second part of our tour of the top scenes from all of Star live action Star Wars, that is. We, di we didn't include the animated stuff. We'll, we'll have to do that one day if I can get Nick to rewatch some of the, the animated shit. But there you go. We'll be back. Like I said, we're either going to do one more final part or two more. I can't decide if I want to split out TV from the sequels. But we are going to cover them all, so make sure to sub up. Tune in, like, comment, all that other horse shit, all right? It is now time for the, for the fan segments. That's right. Nick beat me to it. We do it every week. We give fans two ways to get involved with the show, have some fun, maybe get talked about, maybe get made fun of in a, in a nice way, all right? We're not dickheads, <laughs> or at least Nick's not, okay? So we have the question of the week, and we have our top five. But as we always do, we're going to start with the question of the week. It's typically themed around something Nick and I were talking about on the show. What in the hell is that? Um, hold on one second. New tech. We're working mm -hmm. things out here. Oh, I get it. It's uh, vamp for me for a second here. Yeah. We're, like The question of the week for this week is going to spin right off of what we were just talking about. Your favorite moments from Andor Rogue One and the original trilogy era. So we have a era. lot of time for you guys to cover uh, oh my with God. this question. It's literally gone. Like, like Slack gone. It just doesn't exist anymore on my desk. Slack so. has been uninstalled from Matt's computer <laughs> it, we mysteriously. Literally, we literally just used it earlier in the show yeah so like we we had cool. it brought up before um okay but yeah i mean we're gonna find out what you guys the fans hold as your favorite moments from the ot era all right well I, nick I, i'm guessing you're just probably gonna have to pull it up here I, I yeah i mean i'm gonna it. read them so whatever right. people uh don't need to read along with me so the question is, what's a top scene from the Andor, Rogue One, and original trilogy era? Uh, and we're kicking this one off with League of Extraordinary Sixthers. They have been very good about getting their answers into our fan segment. Let me move my cat out of the way. Uh-oh. Uh, League says, 
Rogue just, One and later Andor are two works that show the Can resistance hear me? is more are, are than we just completely the Jedi. Uh, they brought another layer of depth to the Star Wars universe. There you go. So I guess their their top uh, top scene anybody or moment anybody, would be is my just seeing now? the rebellion grow through right, Andor and. Here. Rogue Which one. is fine because so, we're close to the end of the show there. anyway. So we'll just go with the good old Frozen Nick. I don't know if anyone's been here before when we had Frozen Nick, but he's always, it's always fun to have Frozen Nick up there. So maybe we'll let him rock. But like I said, it, it's a good thing because we are almost done anyways. We got through the meat of the stuff. So that's, that's what makes me happy. I just, I really don't know what's going on with the display here at this current point in time. I'll have to worry about that some other day. But like I said, we're getting into the top five. Uh, I can't get the graphic up, so I'm just going to read about that to you. Who? Oh, hey, look, there. now we can get the graphic up. All right, so as Nick was saying, uh, our question was asking about... Oh, here he comes. Everything is just dying He's back. now. Every- He's back. Everything's failing now. For some reason, my internet literally went out for a second and then came it's right all back. Right. <laughs> we were going to roll with Carbonite Nick. We've done it in the past, but you are back. So go ahead and start reading. Yeah. So, uh, so I was saying press pauses was, uh, the, but you are not a Jedi yet. Chills in my view. It's that scene, that duel that cements Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars DNA, DNA going forward. Uh, quick pick. Toys says, hi, impossible to choose only one. Rogue One was the first time we could have Vader back with a terrific final, bringing us back to 1977 and Tana 4. Uh, Prelogy. I don't know what Prelogy is. Is that the prequel trilogy? I would assume so. I love trilogies. Uh, has Has also, for me, top scenes. Mainly with Yoda and his saber. But also Django versus Obi-Wan. So he's completely off script here. Not talking about the original trilogy anymore. Uh, Django versus Obi-Wan. Biggest Jedi battle in Geonosis. Trash. All green screen. Um, Last, I think the Palpatine rescue in Rots remains the biggest space battle from all the movies, all right. I think, and that's quick for picks my isn't side. Like a whole different trilogy. Yeah, so he, but we'll so take he it. quick picks did not answer the question. Thank you for that. Uh, Waltman 1987 says, I'm not afraid, Luke. He says, you will be, you will be Yoda. Very tense and mysterious uh, going moment. Going into the dark side cave. Indeed, gotcha. yes, going into the dark side cave. And then Harness's Lightning says, when your mom was on screen and Obi-Wan was like, that's not, uh, that's no moon. So, well <laughs> <When>? done. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? When your mom was on screen and it Obi-Wan was, a, was it's like. It's a, your mama's fat joke. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. So we got uh, we got three good answers, and we got one answer that was just completely talking about a different uh, oh part God. of Star Wars, and one answer that was a your mom joke. So solid stuff there. Now First you know question I love of the week, people, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. First question of the week to hey, the fans. Hey, tell us about there. the original trilogy. Well, I love Django Fed. <laughs> okay. So. We, hey, well, like I said, we love you all. We take it. Thanks for playing. Now it's time for the top five. Now it's time for the top five indeed. <laughs> so uh, to get involved in this segment, if you are not familiar with the top five, make sure to tag at StarWarsTime.show on all of your Star Wars Instagram uh, pieces of art. 
And that is how you will be entered to get into the top five every week. So tag at StarWarsTime.show. Also use the hashtag StarWarsTimeShow on your posts. Um, Matt will see those, dig through those, and come up with the daily top picks. And then I will go through at the end of the week uh, of only the tags, only the the photos or images or right, artwork that tags. is ad tag at Star Wars Time Show. So, tag, tag. There we go. To kick off the top five for this week, we have uh, the underscore collectible underscore critic. Uh, they were in our chat earlier. Not sure if they've lasted the whole show, but the collectible yeah, we're, we're, critic. We're not for everyone. So if you make it yeah. this far, you you deserve a medal. Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, the collectible critic hits us with an awesome uh, crossover shot between Predator and Star Wars. We see uh, one of the Predators standing there, apparently just made his way onto an Imperial ship and is just cutting down troopers left and right and uh, is now facing down Vader himself as he has successfully uh decapitated and taken the 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 spines out of many stormtroopers up to this point. Uh so yeah, just a cool shot crossover between yeah, Predator and I, I love the crossovers. We've established Predator, Alien, Star Wars all in the same universe thanks to a little Easter egg in a comic from a few years back. So this is totally legit. And the Predator would get his ass kicked by Darth Vader. It wouldn't even be a fucking fight. Yeah, yeah. He would. So Force, baby, and a lightsaber. You can't stand up to Vader. I'm no. sorry. Um, but yeah, just a cool, like a, a well-composed scene here by the collectible critic. And uh, yeah, very fun stuff. Next up, we have, <laughs> this one's great. I love it oh, because it just, it just hits on the, the Anakin that we see in the prequels. Perfect. Uh, Com- Commander Gree underscore N, so Commander Green on Instagram gives us a the the showdown of a lifetime it is anakin skywalker a la uh aotc clone uh clones anakin versus sandman from spider-man you know who wins this sandman hands down i'm gonna have to agree with you here because this is anakin's nemesis this is anakin's nemesis he can't beat sand sand will always take him down and this guy is made of sand he can't he can't take it yeah it's like a cheat code for Anakin Skywalker because once you get that grit in his, you know, orifices and cracks, he just shuts it's, down. It's over. But uh, PTSD from living with Shmi and Watto. Like, yeah. Oh, slave boy. But uh, Commander Green here does a good job of giving us uh, some, like some act like Anakin is up to his his ass oh, in yeah. sand. <laughs> and See? then told you he's, <laughs> yeah. he's getting it in his cracks. It's done. And then. Uh, Sandman is just perfectly blended into the sand, a hand coming out to grab him. Just fantastic setup here by Commander yeah, Green. Two two very cool little uh, crossover Crossovers. shots there. For sure. So good stuff there. Uh, next up is, is, uh, boy. Uh, is Tong Wars. And I believe this might, is this a, uh, uh, it's not really a collaboration, but I think... Um, yeah, I don't. I don't it's know who let. Please, really, priest to photo, photograph this moc by Barnaeus. Okay, so, that's so let bricks underscore official loaned the mocs to Tong Wars, and okay, I'm guessing so the moc is is Vader's shuttle. Yeah. So, 
Uh, I mean, it's just like Tong Wars is one of those people that like you have to see their shots to believe it. But what we see here is a fully Lego X-Wing and a fully Lego version of, of Vader shuttle uh, flying over this picturesque little pond uh, or like lake that is close to Tong's house. They're on Mustafar, bro. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, you can see the the castle in the background, Vader's castle in the background, and the moon that is placed perfectly there in the sky. I mean, the shot itself is just a wonder to behold and is, you know, perfectly in line with what we expect from Tong Wars. Um, just absolutely incredible work, catching the reflection perfectly, golden hour, just amazing stuff from Tong. I actually got a... I think two or three Lego sets this Christmas. Just out of the blue. I got the throne room scene. Big surprise. Nice. I will say the the Lego scenes they've been doing for Star Wars are great little pieces. Nice. Uh, and I got the um, the Pac-Man arcade cabinet Lego. Sick. Nice. Yeah. Charlie nice. asked Santa to get that for me. So. <laughs> awesome. I like, all right, I'll take it. Awesome. Yeah, good good stuff here from at Tong Wars. Okay, moving right along. We Next got up is Quanton, K-W-A-A-N-T-O-N on Instagram. And he gives us a nice emotional shot of Vader. This is from the end of Clone War season seven, where he's on the snowy planet seeing the remains of the 332nd members after the ship with uh, Ahsoka and Rex goes down when Order 66 starts. He finds the blue saber in the snow. And in the, what we see in the picture is Vader picking up the saber, igniting it, looking at it. And then the Morai shortly flies over his head. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was one of those scenes at the end of Clone Wars Season 7 that really kind of, you know, touched an emotional note. You know, Anakin, now Vader, seeing what remains of his former compatriots his former uh you know brothers in arms uh the 332nd and then uh obviously wondering what happened to his former apprentice so that's a damn good looking vader too i don't, I don't know if that's figure arts or uh medicom mafex but it looks good yeah it looks good solid shot here from at quanton k-w-a-a-n-t-o oh, you know i got some toys too check that I, heather picked me up the uh the ralph mccory vader obi-wan dual set Nice. Nice. Get some. Anything, anything Macquarie. Like if you can get like Macquarie stuff, they always look so oh, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like, I don't collect black series anymore, or at least not like I used to, but th that's a lot. That was a set. I'm like, if I ever find that in the wild or someone gives it to me, I'll gladly take it. Cause it, it is. I mean, the, the, the Vader from Macquarie has such a cool looking stylized face. It's a little yeah. more rounded it's, and, and it's, angular and, it's like rebels esque. Like they they definitely modeled the rebels Vader yeah, off yeah. of the Macquarie yep. mm -hmm. original design. So and then Obi Wan kind of looks like Chancellor Valorum from the Phantom mm. Menace. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. Stuff. And then to this, end, <laughs> this one's great. Is closing out the top I, I five. Want the, where do you get those little fucking Funko Pops, though? I know. That had to be 3D printed or something like that. But that's oh, super impressive. It. So this I is from it. Rupert89 <laughs> on Instagram. and what, I'm saying that this is an alternate history where Luke turned to the dark side, helped yeah. to squash the rebellion, and now him and his dad are best friends, and they killed the Emperor, and they're running things together. And this <laughs> is the first life day yeah. after... Uh, Luke had joined his father on the dark side. And what does Luke get his dad for Christmas? But a Darth Vader 
Funko Pop. I love it. Uh, and it, you got the little Funko Pop there in, in Luke's hands. He's giving it to his dad. His dad's super excited. He's like, oh my gosh, look at this. It's so cute. You see the you see the Life Day tree in the background, all the other presents wrapped up. Just a nice father and son moment between Luke and Vader here uh, for Life Day. It's just, it's amazing. Like that little ass Funko Pop prop, I'm, I'm really wondering if it's real or if they just like shopped it in there, but... If it's real, I think I want one. I mean, yeah, that, no, dude, that thing can't good. be taller than an inch, right? I mean, no, dude, might it's be like gotta, an inch yeah, by it's, an inch or less than yeah, that. A half it's got to be like a like an inch cube at most. It might even be smaller than that. But yeah, it's uh, that's no what bigger they say than an about inch. About my penis, Nick. <laughs> you shouldn't tell other people that. Come on. Ah. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. No, that that uh, that is just a kick-ass little Funko Pop. Luke's it's standing so there bad. like, here, Daddy. <laughs> Invader's like, oh, just what I wanted. It was, it's super cute at Rupert 89 on Instagram. Uh, Make sure to give all these artists a follow, but that's it. That's the end of the top five for this week. And that's the end of our first show of 2024. So Matt, go ahead and uh, close us out. That's right. Don't forget to subscribe, my friends, as we always do at the end of an SWTS. We just want to remind you about StarWarsTime.net. That's where they can, or they, meaning the people you need to recruit for us, can go and find all of our important social links. So if you just go right up there to the top, StarWarsTime.net, we got, you know, uh, the X, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it, Instagram. If you want the RSS feed, we got that. We got the YouTube. We got the TikTok. More importantly, we got the sub to podcast page. You jump over there. It's a very easy one-stop shop for all of the important podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Pandora, Blurberry, email, Deezer, TuneIn, Podchaser, iHeart, Android. We got it all. We just need more of you. We're in one of our upswings. We have a very weird traffic pattern here to SWTS. Where I thought we'd be dead, we actually have had higher listener numbers over the break, even when we're not doing live shows. So maybe that's a sign of our special topics, or we've just convinced more idiots to tune in. Either way, we love it, and we need to keep it up. Let's keep this mother growing in 2024, and we can do that by reminding everyone that there's always time for Star Wars time, okay? Say it with me. There is always time for Star Wars time. All right, my friends and fandos, we love you. We appreciate you. Keep beating the SWTS drum, and we will be back next week possibly with a special guest or just by myself because young nick is fleeing the galaxy to go check on ahsoka and sabine in the unknown or on parade actually i will be on batu we're going to disney we're going to galaxy's edge i I will be doing another lightsaber build so i'll show that off when i get back this Um, is are you this is a a a change for the caminita disney trip huh yeah, so this one is just going to be me and Taylor and then two of our friends. So this okay. isn't a full... Yeah, because you, you do the, the family, family Nita like, like November, right? Yeah, usually those are in November. Uh, this this last year, in place of the Disney trip, we went to Hawaii. So that was the... Oh, well, that you was poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, uh, we yes. can't wait to see your next overly sized lightsaber that you Indeed. build. They're always, it's always a fun experience, but you walk out and you literally have like a mag light. Yeah, it's like, like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, this this thing's huge. You you literally could use the Galaxy's Edge lightsabers as weapons. Yeah, 100%. You could beat somebody to death with that thing easily. Easily. (laughs) Anyways, we're we're not here to 
tell you how to beat people to death. We really are just trying to say goodbye and to remind you that if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always. <laughs>